You're listening to Buy Me a News, Episode 48, The Turn of the Wheel, featuring Mike Brignac. Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. Thank you for tuning your dials to Find the Good News. I think you're going to like the conversation I get to share with you today, so make sure to stick around after the announcements. Next week's episode features Kayla Rigney with the Calcasieu Community Clinic. I thought I knew how the CCC worked and served the community, but Kayla opened my eyes to so much more. Make sure you tune in for that episode because you never know. The Calcasieu Community Clinic could help you or someone you love. In the weeks after that, I'll be sharing my talks with Dewana Tarver of Dewana's Community Closet, plus Jelly Reynolds and Charlie Fry of Jam and Jelly's Hot Sauce. Both of those conversations were wonderful, and I think you'll all enjoy hearing their origin stories. I want to thank you all again for subscribing to Find the Good News on social media and through your favorite podcast apps. As you know, this show is free. The mission is to share the good news of good people doing good works as far and wide as possible. So if you have a favorite episode, make sure you pass it along through your circle of influence. I don't want to spend any more time on announcements today. The episode is really, really special, so let's get right into it. Get in your comfort zone, screw on your podcast cap, load your favorite listening app, and press play on a little good news. I have always been attracted to stories of transformation and enlightenment. A man is one way today, then something critical shifts in his life, and he wakes up as a new man. It had been years since I'd seen Mike Bregnack, but when he came to visit me on Find the Good News, it was clear that I was talking with a man that had come out of a chrysalis. Mike spoke to me with an honesty that I've come to appreciate from my guests. He was fearless and truthful in the way he recounted his days as a local media personality. He relentlessly dissected and described the man he was, someone that he painted as filled with ego and self-centered ways. In one of the most humble and graceful testimonies I've ever heard, Mike described his shift away from media, local fame, and his descent. After an unfortunate accident, Mike entered a seven-year sentence of declining health, which left him debilitated and dependent on others for his care. It was in this state, bedridden and imprisoned within his own body, that Mike Brignac changed his mind. He discovered that the healing of his body, mind, and spirit lay within the power of his imagination. Only one word could describe what came next, a miracle. Mike's story will challenge the logical thinker, the supernatural denier, a hardened, unbelieving heart, or a mind that disregards anything fantastic as fiction. Maybe it will challenge you. Regardless, I would encourage you to listen to Mike's story with an open mind and heart. Listen to every word. Perhaps he has been where you have been, or to places you have yet to go. Maybe you have your cocoon yet to weave, or perhaps you are just emerging from your chrysalis. My conversation with Mike Brignac reminded me, yet again, that we all have the potential to change. Sometimes life is like a wheel spinning around us, out of control. But the good news is that sometimes, through our imaginative thinking, we can turn the wheel ourselves to a better way. Wake up, it's morning. Dreaming up a story I can hear The way it's going Cause you're laughing in your sleep On the path to your deliverance And a holy wall of light Pouring
Old news, bad news, fake news. Sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all. With Find the Good News, I aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world. In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives, discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Orrin Parker, and I'm going to find the good. for nine years yeah or seven years i was looking at the pictures you posted yeah i was like wow man time just goes on by huh yeah it's been a crazy uh decade yeah (laughs) well you know it's funny because i was talking to my wife and she was like who's coming on the show today and i said mike brignac and she was like mike brignac mike brignac she goes god that is like ringing a bell i said well you know mike brignac (laughs) and i started telling her all the ways she would know you and she was like my she's like i just have drawn a complete blank. So I went to, I said, well, let me pull him up on Facebook and start showing you some pictures. Well, I laughed because I thought that's like showing people pictures of me, you know, 20 years ago, right, yeah. 10 years ago. You have a long beard now. Yeah, it looks a little different. You look different. <laughs> I mean, a beard changes the way a man's it face does, looks. Yeah. Have you cut it off since you've uh, grown it out? I did. Uh, I, back in the 90s, before it was cool, I had a beard. Yeah, Back yeah. in college. And... And I was, it is my cowboy face, so I had all these uh, plaid shirts and yeah. these Wrangler shirts. Pearl snaps. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I had this beard, and uh, I did a presentation in my speech class. Uh, Mr. K, David K, was my uh, teacher at Magnese. And I got did a speech about a how-to speech. You know, you got to do those different speeches. And then I stepped down. I finished. He said, you know, you remind me of... Uh, the guy from Tool Time, the assistant with the beard. Oh, uh, Al? Al, yeah. <laughs> so I shaved it then. No That's more funny. beard for just scruff, you know, when it's, you know, that was the thing for a while. But yeah, I shaved it last summer, last August, and my face shrunk. It went, it was like yeah. a pancake My <laughs> from forehead to chin, what I thought, you know, because it makes your face look longer. Sure, and you get used to that. Oh, I did not like it. I shaved I it you. once, and I, I said, Kim, enjoy this for a moment because it's not going to happen again. I'm growing it right back. I go through that, but I, I've talked about this on the show, but I kind of use it as a mental trigger because uh, I've always had, I'm trying to experiment. I mean, I'm trying to experiment with my life. I mean, I guess all of life's an experiment, but shaving has been a part of that. Believe it or not. I, I have some kind of weird dysmorphia thing going on with the mirror and pictures. I've always had it and I can't, it's hard to explain to people who don't have that. And I would say somebody who has grown a long beard and then shaving it off probably is the closest way to experience it. Mm-hmm. Because you know how if you live with a beard for a year and a half and, long, and it gets fairly long in a year and a half yeah. and you cut it off, just like you said, you feel like your face has shrunk, like you don't recognize yeah, yourself. Really weird. So for me, that's kind of what everyday life is like. Hmm. It's been that way since I was a kid. And so growing a beard out and my hair and then shaving it all off is a really good exercise for me like it it keeps my mind (laughs) 
I found for some reason it keeps me like almost off balance enough to where the mirror doesn't concern me or affect me as much as it does if I oh, right. stabilize and get used to a look. So like right now, you notice I have no hair and no yeah <laughs> it off so about two weeks ago i could feel that or maybe three weeks ago i could feel that kind of settling on me again i was starting to get that weird mirror anxiety and so i was like okay i knew it was time to put myself through that little crucible again so yeah, i shaved everything okay. off and like started fresh and so now i'm back in the, the 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 regrowing phase it's a weird thing i don't know where it comes from i've just i've scratched every little cubby hole inside myself to try to figure out what caused that because i mean mental stuff comes from somewhere yeah yeah uh, but i had i understand the dysmorphia uh Back when I was uh, 11, 12, yeah. I was really large, a really big kid, heavy. Uh, in fact, I weighed more in fourth grade than I do now. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, okay. I was, And I was, you know, I'm not tall now, but I was really short then. Anyway, so I ended up going on a diet, and it progressed into anorexia. Oh, wow. So I totally get, because I would see, you know, what I would see in the mirror was completely different than what reality was. Uh, I would, you know, I would totally see something different, uh, and mirrors were a traumatic experience for me yeah because uh, okay. I, well, I hated it. it yeah it totally i did not see what everybody else saw and it is it's a, uh until you've experienced that you don't you can't know that one listening to the story can't really relate yeah until they've been in that so i i do understand uh in a different way but i understand where you're coming yeah. from yeah there's something in there that's painful when you see yourself um it's caused me and I, i've tried to use this to be honest it's caused me to disassociate myself with uh the man in the mirror so to speak mm -hmm. just not not necessarily who i am but it's made me become more concerned with who I am inside than who I am externally. Mm -hmm. It's not as important. Not, and I don't mean that as a judgmental statement to anybody where it is important. It's just, it's it's been, I guess for me, it's caused me to value inner exploration more than outer exploration. Sure. So that's, you know, you can see it as good or bad or maybe even weighted in one direction, but I guess that's been a good thing for me. I thought, well, if I have this thing and I don't really know where it's come from, and I don't really know if it's ever going to go away. Maybe I can always use the term judo flip it, <laughs> you know, or Aikido, like redirect the energy of that mm -hmm. thing and go, well, it's in me. So instead of just letting this be a source of, you know, contention and, and negativity, maybe I can use it for something. So yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's a weird way to start our conversation. No, it's cool. <laughs> and, uh, what we see this physical form is just we're just the mask that god's wearing that's what yeah. i tell my kids so it doesn't yeah. really matter what that's why i don't care i used to be very vain really uh, oh extremely vain when when, when, uh, when is this where we're back in the radio days and radio when days. i worked at fox 29 and the radio you yeah know, everything had to be perfect because you my knew Instagram you were going to be photos seen, had right? to be perfect and you know everything every pose had to be uh you know look good and yeah. had to sound right and look right and uh it just doesn't matter anymore. I do what I want to do. Yeah. If it feels good, if I enjoy it, I do it. If if tomorrow I I don't enjoy having a beard anymore or long hair, yeah, mine change it. Off it goes. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't. Like I said, and I tell my kids this: you, you, what you see in the mirror is just the mask. God is behind that mask. Mm, I so. like that. That's interesting. I have these little. Uh, 
I guess they're like elephant ear plants or um, some kind of lily that I had planted years ago at my house and and the we thought it died and I threw I always throw my plant scraps around this tree and uh, and every year I put new soil around it well sometimes I've caught like it's like a gumbo tree like you never know what's gonna <laughs> grow over there but one time these lily plants these little elephant ears I started noticing they were popping up like six feet away from the tree like not where I thrown them but and every year they come back and it's not very there's no aesthetic to it like you know it's not like landscaping where somebody comes in and goes oh i love that you planted these around the tree they're just kind of off and every year when they grow back i have this feeling like you know i could dig those up and like put them in a nice spot they'd look better and every year i talk myself out of it because it's a i love the reminder i look for them now they're in this weird spot and i just go no you guys are good right there and i guess it's kind of in that same sentiment it's like I could manicure it and make it all cool and pretty, but why? You know, like I right. like the fact that like God see God in them. Just I guess is where sure. I'm getting. It's like, hey, it arose right here, and it took this form right here. This was the circumstance for these things to bloom. Right. And who am I to go in there and just dig that up and replant this? I, did, I, I it knows what's best right where it's at. Yeah. The shade's right, the light's right, and that's where they're at. And enjoy and the beauty of the the chaos, you know, that's not I don't like a perfectly manicured lawn and with the all the shrubs are perfectly, you know, with the hedge trimmer perfectly shaped. Um I don't like it to just to not go completely wild. You gotta have some pruning involved, but let it kinda grow on its own. Prune mm-hmm. where you need to. We all need pruning, but yeah, the perfectly manicured lawn it's it's too perfect, too managed. Yeah. Well, I mean, we you know, I yeah, God, we can get off in a really <laughs> lot of avenues with that we thinking. Could. <laughs> I mean, you can look at it's like kind of like I was watching this thing. My son's just fascinated with the solar system and the galaxy and just the universe in general. And we were watching. Uh, this documentary about the potential to go to Mars and it was a bunch of interviews with these astronauts and then one of the one of them really stuck out and I've heard other astronauts say this but what she said just really stuck she said you know when I went to space and then came back I had a hard time feeling like I was from a particular country anymore wow you know she said I just felt like I was from the earth she said you know when you get you keep getting farther and farther away from the ground you know the the borders that start to they disappear and then you know the flags disappear and then the structures disappear and before long you just see the earth and she goes and i went i'm i'm from the earth and you know so i guess if you if she wasn't an astronaut and she was saying that i thought well people could totally just go oh you're just a you know, right? You know, your head's in the clouds, and I was like, "No, man, her head's in space." <laughs> yeah, even I mean, better. <laughs> yeah. It just really was powerful. I mean, I it brought tears so to cool. my yeah. eyes. I was like, "Man, she she sees herself as a, just a human being now." And yeah, I don't know, kind of getting into manicuring and drawing borders and building fences and all that straight line stuff. Sometimes we can get. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We could go off. We could do a lot of different topics, but yeah, that's yeah. a borders and walls and. It's all BS. We're all, uh, there's no division in humanity. We are humanity. We're all one. So it doesn't matter what, where you're, which womb you came out of in which country. And so, you know, people, I'm not worried. Eventually everybody will get it. Mm. One wheel, turn of the wheel, we will all get it eventually. But, uh, 
Yeah, that's what I'm trying to teach my kids. It doesn't it doesn't matter, you know, your origin story as far as your physical form. That doesn't matter. I love what you just said. It's so timely too. I was at the uh, Kashada powwow. Oh, we were too. Were you? Mm-hmm. And I had one thing. I, I tried to. Ever, we haven't been in years. And I told my wife, I said, "I'm looking for one thing today, and I'm going to find one somewhere that I can keep." And she's like, "What is it? Like, I'm looking for a medicine wheel." And uh, you know, and I knew some things about it just from reading, and how you know, kind of translates to other cultures too. But it ties into what you said—the turn of the wheel. Yeah. You know, and I, I found one made out of bone. Actually, I got it on my neck right here. Oh, uh, that's cool. And I, the, I went to guy, asked the guy how much it was, and I guess it probably used to people not knowing what things are, you know. And so right. he was like, "Hey, do you know what that is?" You know, and I said, "What's well, a medicine wheel?" And he goes, "You know the story." And so I just said. I know some things, but I'd love to hear. And yeah. it was just a, it, I love that. I was like, that was something new for me because I feel like um, sometimes I can take the position of, oh, I know about that. I don't need you to tell right. me. I've read a book about that. I don't need to know. <laughs> or I, I have a high interest. I don't need to know. <laughs> yeah. So stupid because I don't know. You know, It puts me in the position of, no, I've already framed that up myself. Right. So thanks anyway. But I thought, you know what? I'll just say, oh, I know some things, but I'd love to hear because I don't know what he's about to tell me. And I got the greatest little 10 minutes minute history lesson from this guy and uh he he talked about exactly what you said i mean one turn of the wheel you know and that that medicine wheel he was like well you're here you're here you're here and this is this part of your life he said but you know you'd always need to remember that the wheel's turning around the center you know Mm -hmm. you know and the wheel just keeps going around and you have to expect these seasons of life and he he pointed it out you know directional seasons actual seasons Mm -hmm. uh different elements uh, it was just a great conversation. That is cool. I like that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like when you said one turn of the wheel, I was like, oh, yeah, man, that's exactly what this guy was talking about. Medicine wheel, you know, philosophy, theory, whatever. Yeah. So, so okay, I got to ask. <laughs> I'm listening to you talk, and we were talking off pod at the beginning, and I'm just kind of drawn in by everything you're saying, the way you're talking about the things you're teaching your kids. When I and I, I, we didn't really know know each other, right? I mean, we never no, sat just, down and had a talk. No, like I this. met you back at uh, the old ad agency. Yeah, yeah, Peter that's O'Carroll's. right. That's right. And that's really it. Just that's where I met you, and that's you know, and then I knew you went out on your own. But, yeah, uh, and that's the same with you. I mean, I recall you being in media, and you were, I mean, Ad and Press Club, uh, you know, the ad the ad club, and then you know Fox and yeah. radio and all that. And I, so I knew you were just active. I saw you on TV all the time. I mean, sports, mm-hmm. you name it, and so. I was like Mike Brignac's uh, a local media celebrity. That was my vision. <laughs> right, idea. Yeah. And then same thing. It's kind of like I would never. And this is just again, I I'm, I admit this constantly that I, I wish I could eliminate it. But there's always just preconceived notions sure. about people that you form for whatever, especially if you don't get to talk to them. So I had a notion of you and I'm trying to reconcile the notion I had of you. Versus with the man that's sitting in front of me and the things you're saying. I mean, is that always the way you've thought and, and been, or has something like twist, like shifted the wheel turned for you? Well, uh, gen- most of my life, no, I'm not. Uh, the, 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 this past decade, I guess, has yeah. really changed. If you knew me a decade ago, uh, your notions probably would have been closer to uh, the truth, I think. I mean, I was arrogant and cocky. And, really? You know, so, oh, sure. See, it's I, all about, I didn't know that, oh. but I, well, I didn't get that because I never really, again, I, I didn't have the one-on-one. Right. But, but it was, um, 
yeah, I'm not the same person at all that, that I was a decade ago. It, not at all. What shifts? I mean, because people don't, because I know people that I know now 10 years ago, and they're, they're more of, I don't want to say good or bad, but they're more of, the, more of what they were. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. They're just blossoms into new flower heads and sure. petals whatever version of themselves they are there it's a interesting though when someone makes a, a shift right yeah right yeah uh well back in 2010 august of 2010 okay i was working in radio still mm -hmm. uh, now this to give you some context five kids at home uh, i had gone uh whatever celebrity we enjoy as media people in this town uh it doesn't equate to financial success. You yeah. Know, people think, oh, we hear you every day. You must be Man, rich and you must be doing really well. That's the truth. Yeah, yeah. I went from uh, 2000, year 2000, uh, to the year 2010. My income, my annual salary in radio dropped $10,000. Okay. That's how much they cut over the years. You'd think after. media is changing, right? Is that right. why? Corporate, I mean, corp, it goes from mom and pops that have a lot of money, you know, that put all their money into the one station. And then uh, then you get these corporations that buy you, buy you out. And then at the end, there's one local group that's owned by, it's just a financial group. Yeah. It's an investment group. It's not a radio group, not a company that knows radio. They're just concerned about the bottom line. So they're going to cut salaries. They don't care how loved you are in the town or how right. many kids you have. So that's the context. I was, we were getting broke and broker, you know, at that point. Sure. And, uh, the BP oil spill had happened. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to go back to that in okay. just a moment because there's an interesting thing, a comment I said the day it happened. And uh, anyway, uh, I'm in radio and then I get a call from a friend of mine who's got a job. He's uh, doing the cleanup, working in BP the cleanup. The BP cleanup. Yeah, okay. the BP cleanup. Making big money. You know, the laborers were making huge money, like triple what yeah, I'd be I making a buddy uh, doing in radio. some of that back then, now that I would think about it. So this, uh, this friend called me and said, hey, I've got you a job. You know, call this number. And so I called it. And uh, they said, yeah, but we need you to be in Mobile tomorrow or the day after tomorrow i was like so it's uh, like hey you got to make some a big shift a big right. decision and at that point it was tough at home i mean we were it was really a struggle financially and you know if it's when it's when it's like that all the time it wears you down sure well it eats so, at your peace of mind yeah so i said i gotta do it so yeah. i i jumped on it i left the radio i left radio like that wow. you know because making the money for my family providing for them meant more than whatever status I thought I had yeah. in radio. So I took off to, to Mobile, <laughs> showed you the labor force, the quality of labor that they had there. I, the first day I was there, they named me foreman of the pressure washing team. Uh, our, okay. The company I was contracting with was uh, the pressure washers cleaning the boom that they would pull in from the Gulf. Okay. They made me, they gave me the red hat said, you're the foreman. I'm like, I'm the foreman? And you're going, I'm the, <laughs> are you serious? I just left radio. <laughs> I don't, I don't normally sweat. I don't do this. And now you're in charge. Yeah. That's so interesting, man. We're, I was there for a week in the 114 degree heat in, uh, in August in Mobile down on near Dolphin Island. 
And there was a company across the canal from us, uh, and it's you can look up OSHA's website where they actually use this story, this account in in the chemical one of the chemical classes at Sewella. This account. Uh, there was an anhydrous ammonia leak from this refrigeration company, okay. Millard Refrigeration, and uh, the ammonia just it was just enough breeze for it to drift over to our site where we were, oh, okay. and we were all outside, no, no buildings y'all to get weren't, into. Y'all weren't prepared for that, right? That wasn't oh, on no. your radar. At no, all. we had no safety equipment whatsoever. The only safety equipment we had were was for our job, the pressure washing. So we had rain suits and masks. Okay, but there was no structure to go to, not even a windsock to show us which direction the wind was blowing. Nothing. So. Uh, I'll speed this this part of it up. I, we were in it. I was in it for about 50 minutes with no protection, breathing in this anhydrous ammonia, uh, as were hundreds of other people. But uh, we finally made it off, and I, was, I ended up getting sick. I had uh, what I thought were weird seizures, or just a lot of weird things happening. Vision was very blurry. How quickly and, uh, does that start happening after this exposure? It, immediately the eyes started, you know, just messed up vision some breathing but it it affected me more in uh I, over uh the f- next few months it got w- progressively worse and not to find out later that it's because of uh, contractures when one muscle group starts messing up then it starts to uh affect the other the nearby muscles uh so anyway i was a f- uh, diagnosed with i had a uh, lesions bilateral I'm, I'm not sure if I can say this right Bi, bilateral ganglion lesions ganglion lesions uh, lesions I, I had lesions in the brain because of what? this yeah uh, and it caused outward manifestation of that brain dysfunction was uh, ataxia or generalized dystonia uh, dystonia is something that actually 40% of Parkinson's patients suffer from dystonia as really? well. Yeah. And it's uncontrolled muscle movements. Uh, I'll show you pictures later of what I looked like. I was twisted up like a pretzel. Oh, my gosh. I, I could, man. couldn't control uh, the muscles. Well, uh, without being, being too graphic, in case anybody's eating or drinking coffee right now, it, whatever, think of every muscle you can control. Okay. I would lose control. Oh wow! And that involves bathroom muscles, you know. Really? Oh yeah. It, yeah. I. It was bad, and it got worse over the years because the more my muscles stay con- stayed contracted and twisted, it would affect the next set of muscles. Uh, imagine a Charlie Hart's cramp. Mm-hmm. Those are awful. Now think. Imagine having one of those. In from your uh, your entire right side of your face all the way down the right side of your body to the to your toes all the time how long are we talking mike seven years my god so that's just recently is stopped i mean yeah oh my god mike so imagine that all the time in that i got used to it but then you know you get too used to a certain level of pain Mm. but then there were times where even then i would get cramps on top of those cramps uh yeah, really messed with my head. You know, got very depressed. Well, your body sort of becomes this this thing that's punishing you then all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. A cell. And I'm happy. I know it. If you're like me, then you've got a long wish list of things you need to do around your house. Things you just can't get to. 
It's not that I don't want to do them, but between my responsibilities at work, producing this show, and squeezing in some valuable mental downtime, I can't seem to get around to fixing the small stuff, and the big stuff is just waiting in line. To be honest, it kind of stresses me out. Maybe you're stressing out too. Well, stress no more because I've got good news. My friend Ben Von Duke has started a handyman service and he takes the mystery out of getting these things done. Ben Von Duke is not just some guy that calls himself handy. He knows what he's doing and he knows a whole lot. Not only is he an experienced and professional carpenter, but he's kind of a duke of all trades. What I love is that he's created an a la carte price list of services so you don't have to worry about getting in your pockets too deep before you're ready. He'll fix your running toilet, install appliances, replace fixtures, install ceiling fans, repair sheetrock and concrete, and a whole lot more than that. Look, I'm not too proud to say this, but sometimes it takes me three times as long to fix something because I've got to get online and search videos just to figure out what tools I need. Then I have to go buy the tools that I don't have and then kind of sort of come home and do the job. I don't have to do that anymore because Ben Von Duke will do it and do it better. On top of all that, he's just a good person, someone you can trust. He's honest, he's kind, and those are things that I value highly, and I bet you do too. You can get a hold of Ben Von Duke, the Duke of all trades, the good old-fashioned way, by using the phone. Call or text Ben at 337-540-1355. That's 337-540-1355. One three five five. He'll send you his service and price list, and trust me, his prices are more than fair. And do me a favor: when you do message Ben at three three seven five four zero one three five five, tell him you heard about the Duke of All Trades on Find the Good News. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You know what? I just I thought I deserved it. I deserved. Did you? Oh yeah, because of how much of a jerk I was. So like, well, this is it. So you felt like this was like a type of karmic thing. Right. And this was like, well, I deserve this. I deserve worse than this. This is this is good for me because I've just been an, you know, an a-hole for all my life for so many years. I deserve this. Wow. So I lived like that for so long. And so you not only are you punish your body's punishing you and then your brain begin your your thinking start you start punishing yourself. Oh yeah. You you've you've attached um, judgment to it like it's now a judgment that's been placed upon you it's right. your penance I gave it meaning a yeah. meaning that didn't exist yeah. only within my own mind right I deserved it but uh, it it got very dark uh, I mean when I ended up having to use crutches and a wheelchair there were I mean a number of occasions I would just I would fantasize about how am I going to kill myself really yeah so it was, I mean, so, man, how does that, does that end? Does that stop? Oh yeah. It stops all of it. <laughs> uh, before I get to that. Yeah. Yeah. To, please let me don't let me. To, yeah. I want to hear the back into April. This is show you the kind of a uh, jerk. I, that I portrayed myself as that I, that I think I was before all of this. Uh, the, the day that the BP oil spill happened, I guess, April, I can't remember the date, but yeah. I had just finished our last newscast. My last newscast of every day was usually recorded, you know, 10.50, I've rec I'll do the 11 a.m. live, and then my noon is recorded, noon and one, and I'm out the door, you know, and 
I was done for the day. I was hanging out with Todd and Dale in their studio. And Todd says, uh, points at the TV and shows me the, this rig on fire. He said, shouldn't you be doing something about that? And I said, what's that got to do with me? Wow. Well, <laughs> did you believe that? I mean, at that time, when you I just said didn't it, care. I was just like, like, what's that was... got to do with me? Yeah, that's, you know, and then it's just interesting, you know, that I answered my own question ah. just several months later when I was th- actually there cleaning up that mess and then got sick from it. Got... Wow. And what's that so, got to do with you? Yeah. So I can see. And now you've how quickly after that happened, did you remember saying that that? Oh, it was probably a few years when I remembered a flashback to that day of like, oh, wow. And there I, I don't believe there's no God on the outside of us out there in the ether. Hey, I'm going to get you back for that. You said that. Yeah, right, right. But what we imagine and what we give feeling to within reproduces itself in in our life. What starts within us uh, manifests itself in our physical world. So that attitude and uncaring, uh, yeah, I created that. I set myself up for that, I Mm. believe. There's no... uh, I don't believe in karma from the outside uh, and whatever you call it, you reap what you sow. Yeah. Uh, everything I tell uh, my kids and I live by this now that whatever, whatever you create within is what shows up in the outside world. The reality is inside of us and what we create inside is what we will f- confront us at an appointed hour, whenever it that hatches, whatever mm. you know, it's born in our lives in the physical world. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So back. Uh, so this was it was. I'm not going to get the. It was just a dark, you know, number of years. Uh, and my kids and my my wife Kim, everybody was so patient, and loving. You know, that she deserves so much credit and my kids for putting up with me and, and, you know, and caring for me. We had to move our bedroom had to be moved to our dining room downstairs. Cause I, we were living upstairs. I couldn't go up the stairs anymore. Uh, so all of these things, it just, I went from being so prideful and so arrogant. I'm this, and I'm worrying about how I'm going to sound on the radio, or how I'm going to look on the, on Fox, on the talk show. And so here I am, you know, uh, crap in my pants, excuse my language, but not making it to the bathroom in a wheelchair, not being able to do anything, living in our dining room, you know, went from one end of, you know, to the other. Uh, but it's fine because that's where I went. That's the, uh, the journey I was on to discover all kinds of wonderful things. You know, uh, uh, I wasn't being punished there was no outside God punishing, putting his thumb down on me. I was punishing myself. Uh, not that I, I'm, I've done, nobody, we haven't, we've all done things we're not proud of. And I've had plenty that I wasn't proud of. So I had so many years to just contemplate all those things I wasn't proud of. And yeah. in those dark times uh, where I thought it would be better just to end it. But I'm glad I didn't. Well, yeah. yeah. But, uh, so fast forward to uh, 2017. I had fallen out of my wheelchair and cracked my tailbone. And it, it, the, that day when I fell out, flipped backwards in the wheelchair, hit the concrete, I thought, uh, you know, seriously, looking up at the sky, <laughs> what else can happen? 
So I'm laid up in bed for a few weeks. You really can't do anything. Just in a prone position in my dining room, bedroom. Uh, and that's when I started studying the Bible more, listening to the different uh, audio I could find on YouTube, um, and started going within mm. and, and learning, seeing uh, and learning that everything begins within us. Uh, and getting to the point where I realized and believed that uh, what Christians call Jesus Christ, and it's in, there's no one religion that gets it right on the outside, but I believe uh, in the scripture, in the Bible, because I was raised with it, but if you look at it with new eyes and with a concordance and see what the words really mean, you realize that uh, it's all within us, that this Jesus Christ, that is the power and wisdom of I am, of the Creator, is within all of us. I mean, Paul says so in the Bible. Jesus Christ is within you. Don't you realize that? Test yourself. And Jesus Christ is the power and wisdom of God. And when I started realizing that, that that it's not, you know, we always looked at it as an outside thing. God is this outside thing. Jesus is this outside thing uh, that's coming again. Well, there is no coming. The Bible, that word is presence. When they say, tell us when you're the signs of your coming. And, G, and if you look up in the concordance, coming is presence. He's not coming back. He's been here all along. Your presence. And, he, and Jesus is quoted as saying, the people are going to tell you over here. Look, it's over here. Come to this church or go to this church or do this religion. Here's Jesus. And he says, no, the kingdom of heaven is within. In the Bible, I think most translations, it says in the midst of you. Yeah, in the midst of but you. if you look mm-hmm. and look it up, it's within. Yeah. It's, all, it's right here within us. And uh, like in Deuteronomy with 3218, you've forgotten the, the rock that begot you. You've forgotten the God that gave you birth. And so I'm learning all this in that when I'm laying in bed and, and it, it wasn't like learning for the first time. It was like remembering. Yeah. Uh, that's the feeling. And uh, it, it just I just love talking about this. So let me get to the healing before because I can get off. You know why? I'm so glad you're doing this. I'm, I'm just got to tell you, I'm totally sucked into what you're putting out right now. And this word just keeps coming in. It's like chrysalis, chrysalis, chrysalis. Oh, yeah. And you're, you're, you're talking, as you're talking, it's just sort of like echoing in my mind. I'm like in, I know this sounds crazy, but I do this a lot with people when they're putting this out there like you're doing. And I feel like I'm in there, in them while they're telling me the story at the time. Like I'm trying to put myself or almost feeling like I'm in your body. Cool. You can having have these thoughts. I know, and it's, and it's. I mean, it's like it's very powerful. I mean, it like feels like transformation. Like I'm getting to watch and feel you become a new man. Yeah, I don't know. It's just incredible. Please don't let me stop you though. You're on it. <laughs> okay, so uh, to get back to that time, so I'm lying in bed and I'm and remembering all these things, and I'm. Uh, and I'm listening to different things. Back in uh, college, I'd gotten a sample. I'd, I'd gotten a hold of Joseph Murphy, uh, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I experienced that, the power of, you know, I get Norman Vincent Peale calls it power, positive thinking. Mm-hmm. All these things we and everybody's heard of, all these cliches. Uh, 
not that cliches are bad. Cliches are cliches because they work. They come from somewhere. They, right. That's, right. That, that's <laughs> like that's our, we have this thing. conversation about stereotypes sometimes. So, well, stereotype comes from somewhere. It was successful. Whatever that type yeah. was, it yeah. became it known. Came so, from somewhere, yeah. Right. So it's not a bad thing. Uh, but I'd never experienced it like this. It, it went from, in college, I used it as a tool. I am programming my subconscious. Oh, my yeah. subconscious is like, doing that. You know, yeah. I am successful. Uh, this was completely different. This was from everything was within. And so uh, uh, I'd listened to a man named Neville Goddard. I'd come oh, across him okay. on YouTube. Okay. Uh, and I'm like, well, this guy's crazy. He sounds funny. He's got a weird accent. But uh, and he talked about it. He called it uh, imagination used instead of consciousness or awareness. Uh, he just used it, talked to, used scripture a lot to point out things, but he calls it uh, the power of imagination or imagining creates reality. Uh, so I put it to the test, like Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, 6, I can't remember where Paul says, test yourself and see Jesus Christ is within you. So if the power and wisdom of God is in me, then I'm going to test it. And I thought, what would imply, and I'm talking about being healed now, uh, let me go back. Uh, the week before I did this, uh, my daughter and my wife and I were talking about vacationing, where we want to do, we want to travel, and we actually want to move to the mountains. That's where I'm going. My Lake Charles home is not my forever home as far as this, this cycle, this physical body goes. I'm going to end this one in a mountain somewhere. Uh, but we couldn't. I'm in a wheelchair, you know. I can't get up. I can't even walk up flights of steps. I go up a go mountain. Up to the mountains, yeah. So I'm uh, in this contemplative mood uh, on my bed, Thanksgiving morning, and I start pondering what we talked about, traveling, going to the mountains, all these different things, and this little internal conversation uh, between God and me, but not God, not a separate God, God within me. You know, it's not like I was hearing a voice. Yeah, outside you're not talking about Sky Father. Not like, like yeah, right. You know, that mm. kind of <laughs> right. <laughs> Off on up in the, the right. clouds. Right. Everything happens within us. And the, anyway, the conversation went like this. So I'm picturing us traveling, and the, and the conversation went, uh, "How can you do any of that in a wheelchair?" You're right. Well, I guess it's time for dystonia to go. Okay. And then I dropped it. I didn't think about it again. Like, okay, this is going to work out. Now, in this beginning, I, I've learned a lot since then. Uh, but in that moment, I, I just knew if somebody were to ask me, if I'd told anybody about that little conversation I had, I would have known, okay, it's going to, uh, God's going to work it out. It'll work out somehow. And in that moment, uh, in that little conversation, I also thought, well, what would, what would a scene, what would it, can we use our imagination all the time? We imagine things all the time, whether uh, you woke up this morning and imagined what this conversation, oh, Mike's coming, what's it going to be like? Uh, I did the same thing. But we do that, you know, we get on the bridge, we get on the interstate to go across the river to or from Sulphur. And we've already imagined, oh, the traffic's going to mm -hmm. be awful. Yeah. We've imagined how awful our family reunion's going to be or how fun it's going to be, how delicious 
that dinner is going to be tonight. You can you can imagine it conjured up in your imagination where you can taste it. You know it's going to be so good. Mm. So in imagination, you know, I thought, well, let me, and this is from what I had been reading and listening to, what would imply, what's a scene I can imagine that would imply my wishes fulfilled, my desires fulfilled? And in this case, it was being healed. What would imply me being healed? I couldn't imagine running on a beach or climbing a mountain because it had been so long. I'd been living with pain so long. I couldn't imagine. Uh, I couldn't even conjure that up in my imagination. Yeah, you had a new reality, and it was right. that so was this is the new I don't stable know reality. what that feels like anymore to not have pain. Mm. So I just uh, took a little scene uh, in my imagination where I'm standing in the kitchen. I'm in the kitchen with Kim. And Kim's a little shorter than I am. So in this little five-second scene, I'm standing with Kim, and I turn to my right, looking over. I see my shoulder, uh, and I look at her, and I can see the top of her head. If I can see the top of her head in relation to the cabinets, that means I'm standing straight up. In just a few seconds, I just looked over at her, and she said, this is amazing. And that little creative act, uh, I believe, I know it from experience. It, when we go to an imagination, it's the same as prayer. It's, it's pr- I was praying, but I was using doing it visually yeah. and experientially uh, yeah. through senses, through these senses. In mm. uh, that little creative act sprouted just a few days later. Uh, that was on a Thursday. It was that next Wednesday. Uh, you know, every day I'm in a wheelchair, in a wheelchair, you know, incontinent, incontinent, in a wheelchair, can't write, can't do this, can't do that. Uh, and I didn't really think about it again. The seed was planted, and had I talked about it, I would have said, it'll work out. It's going to work out somehow. Anyway, Wednesday night, uh, I'd gotten up at the house. I could hobble around with my forearm crutches, you know, mm-hmm. two little sticks. And I'm in an armchair, and I was going to stand up to grab my crutches, and I stood up, and I just kept walking. Oh, I really? stood up, and it was there. There was no lightning bolt or thunder, or no smoking bush, or anything like that. It was just. It was a very natural occurrence, and that's the way things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they happen in a natural way, where most people would say, "Well, it can't be anything supernatural." But I stood up and. It was just a fluid. I just kept walking. And I passed up the crutches and passed up the wheelchair and walked through the kitchen. And Kim hollers back, wait, come here. And I turned around and walked back. And I said, yeah. She goes, walk over there to the door. And I walked and I come, came back. She said, you know, you're walking normal. I was like, I know. Isn't this great? And I told her everything that had happened, that little internal so you conversation. Hadn't that, I hadn't yeah. told anybody. Uh, so it was a little internal conversation I had six days before that I told her about and then wow yeah so you know and I thought that would be the uh, initially I thought well I'm healed this is the big story I'm going to tell everybody this is yeah. yeah but that same creative power that healed me is the same creative power that that gives me a safe trip home or mm. gives me a, a lovely experience with you in this podcast there is no easy or hard or great. Uh, there's nothing too big or too small. There is no uh, nothing that's bigger than or smaller than. It's whatever you wish, whatever you desire. Mm. 
So it's a yummy cup of coffee. I desire that right now. Yeah. It's the same creative power within us. There is no, we make it big or small. Uh, we make physical healing like it's something that it's so impossible or so outrageous that it must be a miracle from God that he deemed that person to be worthy. No. I, if you're looking at worthiness, I'm certainly not worthy of being healed, but that's not how it works. The Bible says that whatever you want, in Mark 11, 24, whatever you desire, believe you've got it and you have it. It doesn't say whatever you want if, you know. If you, if if you the, do X, Y, and Z, yeah. Right, if, this, if whatever religion you're in, I've been in just about all of them. I've been baptized in all of them, <laughs> so I'm, I'm good if that's the case. But it doesn't say that if, if follow this church or follow this doctrine. Uh, it doesn't say you have to follow. I mean, the, you have to follow anything. It could be like I said, a yummy cup of coffee. It could be something bad. It could be something hateful. See, that's but if the... you believe you if you want it, if you believe it's happening, it's going to happen. I believed I was sick and deserved to die, and I just got myself sicker. And just stayed in that space. Yeah. And it just continues to like self-fulfilling uh, you know, after a while. Millard Refrigeration didn't get me sick. That was just the events that set up, that I set up myself to get me sick, because I believed, I pl you know, in, it all starts within us. Good or bad or indifferent, it starts within us and it confronts us in the physical world. So I can't blame anybody. I can't blame Millard. I can't blame the radio station for, you know, they screwed me over and cut my salary. You know, it's, it's local radio, come on. I was happy to do it, but there's no one to blame. And when you can get, when you get to the point where you realize you can blame no one except yourself, it changes. It's a very, it's, it's frightening, but then it's liberating when you realize that I can blame no one for everything, for all of this, then what I'm gonna do about it? Mm. Since I'm, it's up to me to decide, the Bible tells us so. Whatever you desire, it's yours. And it also says that he hears us with whatever we want. And anytime we ask anything, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we get it. Yeah, and we how, get everything. It doesn't doesn't pre, there's no prerequisite that it has to be this or that. It, good, bad, or indifferent. That's why the Bible talks about doing to others as you do unto yourself. Be loving to each other. Imagine lovingly, uh, pray for it in, lo, in a loving way, uh, because why not? Why wish anything negative for anybody? As for and that means judgment too. Judging people, they don't deserve to be here. Stay on that side of the wall. Sorry. No, you do not know. Please don't say sorry. <laughs> so much to unpack there. Because what you're saying is something that I is is a hard message to get out to the world. Um, because discord is very juicy and separation mm, sure. is sensational. But what you're saying is uh, and I love this, you know, that we were waiting on we're always waiting on something to happen, mm -hmm. something to come from the outside in. And what I, I'm hearing in the, in the simplest terms I can put it is that you're waiting on God to arrive. You're waiting on a miracle to come. You're waiting and waiting and waiting for the next thing. And what you're saying is God is already here. Mm -hmm. Not only is God already here, God has always been here. God yeah always permeates everything always the cup of coffee your pain and sorrow mm -hmm. 
you're not going to earn your worthiness that you that you're seeking the mm-hmm. seeking that you're the thing you're seeking is already here and the great mystery is that you just need to see that it is already you are not it's not only here you're in it you're permeated you are it you are it it is within you and outside it's every it's us it's togetherness it's yeah. the 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 synergy of all these things together yeah paul says uh, in ephesians that we have one god one father above all in all through all doesn't say one Christian father. It's one of us. We're all one. And there is no, like you said, separation. There is no real separation. It's, we perceive that as separation because you look different than me and uh, somebody else is a different sex or uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. There, is no, there is no separation. It makes me think of this funny little thing I read. I was on a retreat a couple of years ago or several years ago, and, and the symbol for that retreat was, you know, the Christian fish, you know? Yeah, I love the and, fish. And I I'd thought about that fish a lot because there's lots of language, you know, go be right. fishers of men. And, uh, but, and that was part of the retreat, but I kept on that retreat, just kept thinking about the idea of being a fish, though. Not being a fisher of men, but of actually just being a fish. And I just thought, does a fish really know that it's in the water Mm. you know like its whole life we can very easily contemplate that we can think of a fish and go oh the fish is in the water it's flowing through its mouth its gills it surrounds it head to toe and when it's outside of the water it can't live and i got to thinking about god in this you know on that retreat in that regard i looked around at all these brothers you know that were with me in this retreat and i thought you know we're all fish and we're all in the water and we don't really need to be, we don't have to go seek it. Hmm. We don't have to turn around and look behind me to find the water or above me for the water, or below me for the water. <laughs> the water is like flowing in me, around me, and I don't yeah. even know it's here. And that just sort of kicks in a whole different way of thinking when you begin to think you're swimming Ooh. in in God. And you don't. Yeah. And it made me think of this little cartoon I saw or a little saying where the, the young fish um, asked the old fish, where's the ocean? I'm seeking the ocean. Where is it? And the old fish laughs, you know, and I, he doesn't even tell him. <laughs> I like oh, that. You, know, you know, the secret, you don't know the secret. I'm not even going to tell you. I, like you need it. And I was like, yeah, that's, it sounds, sounds a lot like what you're yeah. describing. It's not forward. It's not backward. It's not, it's a matter of just, you change your, your, your mind changes, right? You got out of your own way. It's almost like, mm-hmm. You manifested a thing that that created this. Well, really, it's like those lilies. It created the circumstances for something else to yeah to blossom. You know, yeah. And it I, didn't blow up where you thought it maybe would. You had all best laid plans. You know, you had a life. You had all this stuff that you were building. But sure. It just, it, the fertile ground was in a whole nother direction. Yeah, it's never predicted. You know, you just don't. You know, I thought I'd be in another city, in another market, working in radio, doing something. Yeah. yeah never saw any of this happening but like i said i can't you know there's no one to blame but myself if i truly believe that everything is within and my assumptions what i believe what i think on with feeling what i know to be true about myself is what confronts me then that's what i'm facing the echo to quote a friend of mine mr 2020 uh it's echoville it's just what we hear experience here that all of this is just an echo of what we've already imagined, what we've already felt real inside of us. Do you think something, I mean, because look, for me, 
you know, I got to rewind. Well, I, the wheel has turned many times in my life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think it, when I hope it keeps turning, I like the turning. I used to not. I used to back when I was in my 20s when I had sort of what I, and I hate to use the word like awakening, but because it sounds pretentious, but it's the only way I could describe it because before that day, I felt like I had, when I look back upon the times before, I go, oh, those are the sleep times. Uh-huh. But because something shifted, it was like I saw, I mean, literally within a day, something changes and then the world looks different all of yeah. a sudden and nothing could ever have and it could never be put back in i've never the way i've tried to describe that is like trying to shove an egg back into the pieces it's not i can't do mm-hmm. it so that that's done from that day and i'm happy i know it i'm helped Look, as much as I enjoy talking on Find the Good News about making a change, I'd be less than honest if I didn't admit that change is hard sometimes. I should get more quiet time. I should exercise more, walk more, sleep more. And the one thing that I know I should do without a doubt is eat better, healthier, and fresher. But there's a wide berth between knowing something and actually doing something about it. I love to cook, but just like those other should do's, I don't always make the time. This is where I have to tell you about Fresh Fuel because it takes procrastination out of my way. Fresh Fuel is a fresh take on getting healthy, wholesome, and satisfying foods in your life as a kickstarter to critical change that lasts. When you sign up for a Fresh Fuel program at thefreshfuel.com, you'll find tiers for your specific level of can't get up and go. I know I found mine. My friend and founder of Fresh Fuel, Megan Abraham, wants to do one thing and one thing only. She wants you and your family to eat healthier, delicious, home-cooked meals. That's it. With Fresh Fuel, Megan has taken all of the I can't do it out of putting better meals in front of the people you care about. And she's quick to remind that one of those people should include you. Go to thefreshfuel.com and choose the program that's right for you. Megan provides you with the recipes, supply lists, links, videos, goals, and very important here, access to the Fresh Fuel Facebook group, where you can connect with other fresh fuelers, real people just like you and me, making the same journey. What I love most about meal prepping with Fresh Fuel is that you don't have to do it alone. Megan is right there with you every step of the way, making the same changes you are. Fresh fuel isn't a diet. It's a life change for those of us that just have trouble changing. Since I signed up for Fresh Fuel, I'm cooking more, eating better, and honestly, I'm feeling better too. I believe in Fresh Fuel so much that I asked Megan to offer Find the Good News listeners a chance to try it out at a discount. Just go to thefreshfuel.com, select one of Megan's signature programs, Fresh Fuel 28, the 28 Plus, or the 28 Pro plan, and then enter the code GOODNEWS to get 10% off your program. That's 10% off a Fresh Fuel signature program by visiting thefreshfuel.com and entering the code GOODNEWS. Fresh Fuel has been good news in my life, and I'm betting that thefreshfuel.com will be good news for you too. I wonder for me, it took getting to a dark place, right? Getting into a dark hole. So it's funny because I feel like I had to have my eyes covered because if I hadn't had them covered, I don't think I could have seen outside the hole. And I hear that so often. I mean, and it's not all that dissimilar from what you're describing. I mean, and you can look at 
I mean, look, even Moses, I mean, we're talking about the Bible. You look at his life and the things he's went through before he he's, has his burning bush moment. Right. And things begin to change. You know, is that necessary? Do you think it's necessary or, or like, um, do you think the effect is more lasting when it when you do go through those times? I think we each turn of the circle, we're born forgetting. We we mm. we have forgotten. I believe that we we get reach a certain point of awakening and we don't go back. But uh, we all are born forgetting. Mm. Like dude, like I quoted earlier, we've forgotten the God that begot you. You've, yeah. We and so we all have to so it, we're all blinded uh, by these the uh elements what we see and feel mm. here what we experience until we awaken yeah everybody will eventually awaken i got over i used to hate the word too but i i, I really love the word awaken yeah <laughs> because you know you start to so yeah to answer your question there is a dark time whether it's perceived as dark or not you could be not have perceive it as a dark time and still not be awakened not you could still be blinded to mm. reality yeah. real reality yeah real reality but interesting you mentioned moses uh moses the word moses means to draw out or to be born and uh if you look at that spiritual in spiritual terms not secular history as a physical man if you just look at the what that means that aspect or that state of mind or state of consciousness uh, that's the beginning of awakening, but Moses couldn't go into the promised land. Moses, the two that led the people out of Egypt, I mean, led them into the promised land were Joshua and Caleb. Joshua just it means Jehovah saved. Joshua is the same name as Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus, it's all the same. But Joshua, Jehovah, which means I am, I am, and Caleb, which represents faith in Hebrew. Uh, led the people into the promised land. And if you look at that, we all have the Moses inside of us, that yeah. that stage, we all have that within us. So if, you, if you're looking back in the Old Testament, if you grab a concordance, I, I don't study without every, I drive, I think my family crazy because that's all I do usually is just I'm studying the Bible and with the concordance. And if you look at all these different names, it's really all these different aspects of Jehovah, Yahweh, mm. the, the yod Hey vav Hey the Hebrew letters, the self-existent one, the I am within all of us. And uh, so, yeah, so that just got me. So Moses, the beginning, the, the, the beginning of awakening, but it's, it's Joshua and Caleb, Joshua, and uh, it's Jehovah saved and faith that gets you into the promised land, gets us to that wish fulfilled or desire fulfilled. Proverbs says, uh, a desire, a hope deferred uh, makes one sick, makes the heart sick. But a wish fulfilled is like eating from the tree of life. And that's your promised land, whatever it is. Healing, you know, success, awakening, love, to be loved, to be loving, to be rich and famous or to be, you know, whatever you want. The Bible, God's no respecter of persons. It says so. And the Bible doesn't give you, you have, you can only get what you ask for if it's this. No, it tells you whatever you're asking for, whatever you believe that you're going to get is what you get. So if you think you're no good, you're going to be confronted with that. Things to prove that to you daily. 
you know, if you're hateful, murderous, you think uh, people with darker skin are no good, there will be things to confront you that reflect your feeling. if you have, if there's hateful stuff inside of you, then you're going to be confronted with the echo of that. So why? Why not just imagine lovingly for everybody, for yourself and everybody, even in traffic? When you know, hey, I'm, that middle finger still twitches sometimes on my hand. Like, oh, I just want, just give me a second. Let me just flip <laughs> yeah. them off, just once. I did that. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I flipped off the wrong person one time years ago. Turned yeah. up somebody I worked with, but anyway. Yeah, it's well. That's an interesting topic there. I mean, I was having this conversation with someone recently, and it's one of my favorite little stories about um, that about you know flipping people off and getting angry. I like the fact that you flip somebody off and it ends up being somebody that you <laughs> you know because there's a story in this book by uh, Charlotte Joko Beck, and she it's Zen beginning Zen beginner. I can't remember the name of the title. It's years ago I read it, but the story out of all the book that was what stuck out is this one little tale. She said, you know, a man is. He gets in a boat in the foggy lake, and he's going to the other side. He's got to bring supplies to the other side of this lake, and it's dark, and it's at night, and um, he's in a hurry. And so he's trying to get across the lake, and there's a boat in front of him. And so he's like, oh, you know, it's a boat. Every time I try to go around the boat, the boat goes to the right, and then I go to the left, and the boat goes to the left. And he's cussing, and he's telling him to hurry, and he does this the whole time. It's hours going across this lake. And just by the time he gets to the other side of the lake, you know, eventually the boat moves on and goes it gets ahead of him he can't see it anymore and so he's like made up his mind when i get to the other side of this lake i am going to give them a real piece of my mind and he is just thinking all the things he's going to say um and then he gets to the other side of the lake and he sees that the boat was just an empty boat floating in the lake oh wow you know and he and he laughed at himself <laughs> and i thought that's so much how anger works most of the time you know we, yeah. we're angry about something and it's just an empty boat right you know that's floating you, around we give meaning to things we determine the meaning of it yeah and we decide that's going to make me angry oh i hate it when people do that well stop hating it you yeah know, get change the meaning of that i was just having that conversation with my son you know about um setting yourself up beforehand to have a problem with something you know Mm -hmm. he's going to be doing something next week related to school and he kind of has his mind set on a particular uh circumstance and i said well it is possible that even if we do everything right we get there early where we have it all stitched up that that there is a high possibility that what your your outcome is not going to be what you think it is just because i i've been through the same thing and i go i know this is could you could not have the result and he said well I'm going to be upset. And I said, well, you don't have to be. You can make the best mm-hmm. out of it. He goes, yeah, but I've already, I'm, I'm going to be upset. I don't want that to happen. I said, well, yeah. I said, but it's, it could happen. So what are you going to do if it does? He goes, well, I'll deal with it, but I'm going to be upset. And he just kept saying that over and over. And it kind of, I never could get him out of that space. But I was like, he has already chosen right this. When this doesn't happen, I'm going to be upset. Yes, I'll deal with it, but I am choosing before right. it has happened. And it may never happen, but he's already got in his he's head. Pro- right. And yeah. yeah, we do that. We decide whether uh, whether we're going to – I do it too. I go, oh, that, that irritates me. I'm not going to like that. Yeah. But when you start – you make an effort to really pay attention to that, what you give meaning to, and start to change it uh, little bit by little bit as you notice things. Well, you know what? So my in-laws get – oh, God, they get on my nerves. You know, they're loud, and it's – 
everything smells like an ashtray and you know all these negative things I hate it I hate it I hate it and then change it and I'm speaking from personal experience change it to no I'm gonna have an I'm gonna enjoy today this is gonna be a good day mm. so how do I do that well I just brought up in my imagination us coming home from the in-laws and that feeling of this is a good day mm-hmm. and prayer the word prayer Pray, uh, praying or praying or prayer means uh, if you look at the concordance, it's two different words. Broke, it's combined from two different other words: uh, movement toward, motion toward, and wish. So, if you think of it as that, that you're moving toward your desire in your imagination. And I say I like imagination. I'm Neville Goddard. That's what he used. That's I just it stuck with me. I like using the word imagination because it because that's what we're doing all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like this maybe consciousness or, or you know, but to me it sticks because that's something. When I say consciousness or conscious awareness and all subconscious, it's too detached. But when I say think of it as imagination, well, that's that's right here. Yeah. So I can conjure that up, a scene or a feeling. You know, just that that mood. Or that feeling of whatever I want fulfilled. Have you ever read anything about or done a retreat, a Jesuit retreat of any kind? With the no, what you're describing is very much in their spiritual exercises. Really? Yeah, they call it contemplative prayer, and it's the spiritual. You, you'd probably love it if you look it up. It's um, the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius, and essentially that's that's they're very powerful. I mean, you can talk to any any Jesuit priest, and they're going to tell you they draw on those exercises really? because it is designed to engage your imagination, and that's what their prayer. Form oh, is. That's it's cool. Literally using your imagination to place yourself in and have conversations with God. Wow. And, and in scenarios and scenes. And then it's really once you're guided into this, of course, there's a structure to it, but then once you're there, it's you. Right? I mean, it's not like, okay, now imagine this, now imagine right. that. You're, no, it's you there. And they kind of basically helping people to form or these priests to form that power of their imagination so they can enter into these prayerful spaces yeah. inside their mind. Um, I'm really, that's surface level description, but it would be worth. That's cool. Yeah. I think you, everything you're saying, I'm going, this sounds so much like that, but you've just sort of made that intersection all through your own experience. Yeah. That, it, that's great. That is neat. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, well, like I was saying, the, so prayer is movement. You move is movement toward, uh, and wish. These two words that are combined to make the word prayer. And so when we go within and move toward it, uh, just like God moved across the face of the waters, there's movement in creation, and we do that every day. How, where we move to in, in imagination or in prayer, our motion toward our, whatever it is, our whatever our desire is, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, we're moving toward it. And then, like the Bible says, Jesus says, I, I go to prepare a place for you. And when it's ready, I'm going to come back and get you. So we're, move, we're doing the same thing in our prayer. We're moving to whatever it is we want, that desire. And then in, in the appointed hour, it will flower. Mm. <laughs> I did, uh, with Habakkuk said the vision it has an appointed hour that it's going to bear fruit it's going to uh i'm quoting moffat's translation i think but it will ripen it will flower it, it may be long but wait 
It will not be late. Whatever this vision is, whatever it is you want, it's going to happen. Uh, once you planted the seed, know that it's planted and just wait for it to, at its appointed time, it's going to sprout. Mike, do you feel like, I mean, just in thinking about this, that your mind is different now? Do you feel like your yeah. mind is different than it was before the the sickness, the sick years? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's because I'm listening to you talk and I'm going, again, I'm, I'm having trouble recon- reconciling. Well, not trouble, really. That's not the right word. I'm just, it's interesting juxtaposition of who I perceived you as and everything that's coming out of you right uh-huh. now. And as I'm listening to you, I'm going, this story plays out. Not not just in religions, but all across the world, over and over again, some some you know version of your story. You know, I was sitting there going, "Okay, who who is who is he?" Saint Francis of Assisi, same thing. Here's a man who is a prince in his community. You know, he's a son of a wealthy you know fabric dealer, and mm-hmm. and you know he's he's a, the cream of the crop, talk of the town, popular guy. Soldier goes to war, he gets hurt, gets thrown in prison, and he's there a long time, and he's sick. You know, he never really, he, it changes him mm-hmm. while he's in this prison and he's living in this, he's basically in a cell, he's trapped. And when he comes out, well, now he's St. Francis. I mean, you know, everything right. changes. Yeah. Then he starts talking to God and then his whole world just, when you read the things that are that he wrote, you go, okay, something changed. A critical change happens. Mm-hmm. And then I think of like even Buddha's story. You've got a prince. Life is good. There's food, water, right. shelter, and opulence all around. And then this, he gets exposed to pain, sickness, death, old age, and he can't go back. Right. Everything changes. He's over and over and over again. The story plays out. It's almost like, I mean, I'm not saying it's critical to change, but I'm just listening to you talk and going, you have obviously, it's just transformed. Yeah. That's that's just it's just wild, man. I mean, I'm several times as you've been talking. I mean, I, I my eyes have just filled with tears, and not out of sadness, just out of just the sheer joy that seems to be pouring out of every word that you're saying. I it's, love talking about this. Do you get to tell this to people? My family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm constantly. I have a group text with all my you know my five kids and my daughter-in-law and Kim. So I'll send them stuff and I think of things or I find an interesting scripture and I'll kind of point out the what the real meaning is from what I can tell from the yeah. concordance, you know, or different things. Uh, so, no, I don't uh, – I just – I enjoy it and I, this is what I love doing. Yeah. And I know I'm going to – as long as I'm still here in this physical form, I'm, this is what I'm going to be talking about. So uh, – so get ready, first of all, letting everybody know that this is this is who Mike is. Yeah, so this is all, if you're going to come across me, this is what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, regardless of what we start the conversation with, it ends up, it just, and I don't I don't think I'm, I don't do it in a pretentious way. I don't, it doesn't, I don't know if it comes across that way. that way to people. It just naturally, what you love, what you dwell on all day long is what springs out of your mouth. You well, you so, found the treasure in the field, right? And you've bought the whole field. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's yeah. what it sounds like to me. Uh, or like uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl of mm. great value. And I never understood that. That's uh, what the name of that is. This one? Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. It is. Pearl of great value. That's the name of that painting. And when you start thinking of it as 
it's not I, I grew up thinking that meant selling your house and your whatever no it's talking about uh, first of all the kingdom of heaven according to Jesus in the Bible Jesus is quoted as saying that the kingdom of heaven is within you know so the kingdom of heaven is so valuable that that's the answer to everything when you realize knowing that that you're willing to sell everything else and not your physical stuff it's talking about your any notion of an outside god of an outside religion of something outside of you tarot cards astrology different prayers different doctrines that it has to be sell all of that get rid of all of it because it, the kingdom of heaven is within you doesn't matter where you're from what religion keep going i mean any religion it doesn't that's not I'm, that has nothing to do with it is my point that the kingdom of heaven is within you it's not a particular religion or a particular country uh, that's not your source that's all outside of you that's what the merchant sold everything all its preconceived notions of what religion or what god is supposed to be like where the savior is the savior's quoted as saying it's within you it's right here. Wow. I'm kind of, I, I, I am, did it hit you at any point before you started reading your Bible and studying like you've done? Did you, do you have experiences where you go back and go, oh, wow, what I'm reading now and discovering now is in alignment with something that was was coming this sort of spark that had been struck inside of you were you having contemplations i guess is what i'm saying where you're going now you, you can see where they align with things oh sure you, you, like where you, know, you have a th you're thinking contemplating something yeah and you're it's going kind I of a confirmation yeah you know i didn't think this before i didn't form this before this just arose inside my heart or in my mind or my consciousness my being on all these different dimensions and now that i'm reading it this makes sense yeah is the, you have oh that, yeah, that, yeah yeah a lot and where it's uh and i love doing that and i think because i love doing that finding it i create that within myself you see what i'm saying it's yeah. still within so i enjoy getting clues in dreams i enjoy uh, the Bible says in Numbers that God speaks to man in dreams and visions. Uh, and I'm no different. This is not mean I'm different than anybody else. Right. I, just, I think that's what I'm getting uh, from your message. I messages. enjoy the dreams. I enjoy the symbology that I grew up with. And I, I personally enjoy finding it, then finding what that means in the Bible. Mm -hmm. A number or a term or something, an image. And I look and then it, I learn something from it. But it... I am absolutely no different than anybody else. I just enjoy, I enjoy finding that investigation. I enjoy seeing the symbols or whatever, and then discovering the meaning of it. So that's what, so I enjoy that. I'm presented with that. I create that within myself. That's how God communicates. I'm not, I'm no different than anybody else though. I just enjoy finding it within scripture. Yeah, and I'm I think saying. that's very important. You, you said that, I like that you've added that again and again and again in just that last little 30 seconds right there because so often we can look at people and set them up you know in bronze or what have you or carve them out of marble and set them up and go well they they are special and they're over there mm -hmm. but i am not special um so i just need a book i just need to follow the book 
Oh, right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Where, you know, and I, what you're presenting here is that, and I love that, is that I am ordinary. I am just a right. man, just like every other man. And I just, this is just what's happened. Yeah. And it's very plain. It's special. It's it's elevated, but it's also plain. It's in the dirt, too, right? Is that kind of? Right. It, and that's what's so beautiful about it, that it's not... There is no one greater than anyone else. You know, my experiences don't make me better uh, than anybody. Just like, you know, it, there's no, and that's what I love about this, that the, the one God that's in me is in you and in everything. Mm. Nothing exists without God. So uh, all of us are one. So how can, I am, how can I be any better than anybody else when we all have God inside of us, the same God? So there is no one should have a monument for because they're better than everybody else you know that there is no god's no respecter of persons there is no different god in some hero that we see on a battlefield or in politics or a poet even though i love poetry but there's no one better or, or worse we're just different yeah and uh that's what I love. Different, different is fun. Different is beautiful. And that's I'm, my stomach growling. Can you yeah, hear I that? I can hear that. I thought it was. I actually thought it was my stomach. <laughs> that's God talking. No. Whoa, <laughs> See, I, heard, I heard something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's the beauty of it. The difference, and that's what makes life so much fun. That if we're all exactly the same, what's there's no fun in that. But knowing that we have the same thread within all of us, that we're all created by and, and inhabited by the same God. That's beautiful because you can see all the different aspects and different people. Yeah, all these different masks. It's interesting. I, yeah, you're, you, you've said that at the beginning, and it really strikes a chord with me personally in my own interest. I guess too is the idea of masks, and I mean, people who listen to my podcast here will probably get sick of me bringing it up. And if they haven't looked it up, I would hope that they would. And it's the idea of the bodhisattva, and. In fact, that painting that you're uh-huh. the Pearl of Great Price, that's kind of what that is an image of. That's actually a painting of a Japanese painting of Jesus. Oh, that's so cool. So when you look at it, you think, oh, that's a Buddha, you know, but right. but it's also that that's what the Japanese letters mean, a Pearl of Great Price. And it's essentially what would um, if, if, you know, in the Bible, would they go to Rome? Mm-hmm. And so Christianity begins to spread out of Rome. And so the imagery is very Roman in what we've been presented right. with, you know, for the icons and art. But what happens if Christianity goes to Japan mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen in Rome? What does it look like then? What are the images and right. icons? So that's kind of what this artist does is he, he takes and kind of imagines what if the seed is planted here and then it grows out of that culture? What does it look like? Which I think that's very fascinating. Yeah. But getting back to the idea of the bodhisattva is in the masks, you know, is that... Uh, a human a human life which generates compassion and love and mercy and all these things that connect it to the other is one lifetime enough and then also is that energy something that just continues to want to expand and wear a new mask yeah you know and just continue to blossom and spread around i was kind of on on the way to work this morning weird little things that that jump out at you in these contemplations but I was walking along our sidewalk, and our our, our grass is 
this time of year, you know, it's uh, very hot. So it needs to be cut constantly. Yeah. And so I always am interested to see what's kind of out in the lawn because it's kind of like shifting sands. And today the light happened to be just right. And I saw some strange little sprouts kind of just running in a line across the yard with a different color leaf. I don't know what the plant was, but I just had that cool. It was just a cool feeling. I was like, they're only going to be here for a time. Yeah. I don't know what they are. I don't know how they got there. They, they could have blown on the wind and just scattered in my yard. They took root and they've, they've arisen and they have a different color than everything else. They're still green, but just a little off green yeah. from what's normally there. And the light danced on them and it was beautiful. And I know once we cut the lawn, I may never see those again. Right. They'll be gone. They they may never get, may not go to my neighbor's yard. That yeah. might be it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that'll be the shifting sands of the grass, I guess. So to I speak. like that. But I was like, you know, it's kind of beautiful. And that's sometimes that's how life is too. We got to be aware and appreciate when things rise up for just a time and yeah. wear a mask for a little while yeah. and then fade away. You know, it's not good or bad. No, you know? it just is. It gets back to what we started at. I mean, we can look at the lawn and think, oh, what is this invasive thing that is mm-hmm. intruded upon my, my uniformness? You know, right, yeah. the nice seeds I've planted. And I'm happy. I know You're driving down the road. Everything is going just fine. You're listening to the new episode of Find the Good News in Your Car, and you're all stoked about trying out this zipper merge thing you've been hearing about when all of a sudden you hear that sickening tap on your windshield that's just a little too loud. I've got some bad news for you. You've just got yourself a rock chip. Unfortunately, I've got some worse news. If you don't take care of that rock chip, it's going to turn into a crack. But I do have some good news too. You don't have to have a rock chip or a crack because I've got a way for you to take care of it ASAP. If you go to asapglassco.com right now, you can stop that chip from winding across your windshield like the Calcasieu River. I used to be terrible about getting a rock chip, saying I'll take care of that later, and then later turns into this irritating crack that just spreads from one side of my windshield to the other. I should have taken care of it ASAP by scheduling a repair with ASAP Glass. ASAP Glass is local, right here in Sulphur, Louisiana, and they're mobile. Even better, you can get a quote right from your mobile phone at asapglassco.com. ASAP Glass is owned and operated by two of my best friends, lifelong friends, Dan and Kayla Smith. Dan the Glass Man will make sure his team of glass technicians gets to your job ASAP and make sure it's done right so you can keep that windshield crack out of sight. If you do get that rock chip and you don't take care of it ASAP, that's okay. ASAP Glass does complete windshield replacements. Remember, ASAP Glass is mobile, so you don't have to worry about finding time to drop your vehicle off at their shop. You get your quote at asapglassco.com. Make your appointment with Kayla, and then before long, an ASAP Glass van is on its way to your location. That's it. I know you're probably looking at a rock chip right now. Don't wait. Take care of it ASAP. Go to asapglassco.com on your mobile device and get a quote. That's asapglassco.com. And make sure to tell Dan and Kayla you heard about ASAP Glass on Find the Good News. We give meaning to, you know, when somebody, a side glance from somebody, yeah. what does that mean? They're judging me. Well, it only matters if we give meaning to it, you know? Yeah. It doesn't, none of that matters. Yeah. Yeah, we use, uh, we found some biodegradable 
yeah. straws yeah. at the store. And so, you know, I didn't know they could make those, but yeah. it, it's compostable. Yeah, I think they make it out of like corn starch or something like that. Or even like I saw somebody making them out of mushrooms now. Cool. Yeah. And I've seen uh, avocado seeds are being used oh, yeah. to make utensils. Uh, you know, why not do it? You know, why not use make do that? Uh, you know, yeah. I know people are saying all this hoopla about all our recyclables are really just going into dumps yeah, in other countries, payment. but then let's just create stuff that can be that's, that's biodegradable. That's what I you told know? my wife. I said either I got two. It's either durability or compostability. That's the two markers now for things we buy. It's right. like, is it going to last? And be, does it have many uses or is it going to return to the ground? That's the two things. So if we can do yeah. that, you know, then I'm good. But it's something we can reuse. Yeah. Then it, it's worth having it yeah. not be biodegradable. But if not, then we return to the dust. Why not everything we use? Yeah. Yeah, I think that gets back to what this is that that seems to be a recurring theme in our conversation is that that struggle of man to like make lasting things. I mean, it's like, dang it. I it's, It makes me think of Fight Club. It's like I got the couch. I got my apartment. I got this, you know, and it's like it doesn't matter. It does not matter. One one spark in the wrong uh, electrical outlet. And right. that all that stuff is a pile of ash. It just it could happen. That's well, you could be a billionaire and then gone tomorrow Mm -hmm. yeah you people will you know inherit your kids will have the money and maybe their kids will blow it all you know just so we all return that what matters is within us it doesn't matter i am not saying that it's bad to be rich money you know we need money to get around in this world you know to to get things and do things support our family uh but that's not who we are that that disappears as soon as we pass from this time. Do you have a um? What does your friend group look like, Mike? I mean, like, did that? Do you have a certain friend group before, and then you got a new friend group now? Have you had some that transfer? Some? Di- I'm mean, very yeah. curious because that's happened to me. Yeah. I, before. I don't really have a large circle of friends locally. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Not really. There's probably one person that I can think of that's not family that would listen to me to a certain point that would want to talk about it. Uh, but there's nobody locally that I can talk to. I've met friends online. That sounds weird, but well, no, and, I understand and, that. that are like-minded and we, we share and, and talk. Uh, so I, I have people that I've gotten to know from Australia to Canada in yeah. Norway, but this is the first time I've ever been able to talk to somebody like this face to face, straight up about this. Right, like go right that's not family. That. You know, yeah, that I'm, isn't forced to listen to me because I, you know, buy them supper. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I remember. Um, and I mean, it makes me smile now because look, I mean, I'm like, I say the same thing. I, in fact, God, I, I just I don't know why I get cringy about this. And it's not anybody's fault. It's my own thing. I don't do well when I perceive something as praise. Oh, right. I don't like it. Yeah. And I don't I, know I don't, why. Yeah. But, but I have people who go, oh, that's yeah, so, but when somebody like just doing this show, um, 
when people compliment it. Like on one hand, I go, well, if they don't like it, if people don't like it, then the messages don't get out there. Right. So, so you they really have, need the praise. So you need the praise and you need them to <laughs> like it. But then when somebody says, um, you're doing a good job with that. And, and somebody the other day said, oh, man, I just love these just enlightened conversations. And it's, uh-huh. I immediately had to like, now they didn't know. But I had all this internal struggle immediately. It's like that word enlightened. I went, oh, no, 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 no. Right. Plain, ordinary, no one, salt of the earth, just like everybody else. That's where I go. I go, that's that's the truth of the matter. And I always want to make sure that whenever we're having an elevated, Adelie Cormier used the term elevated discourse. When you have an yes, elevated discourse, mm-hmm. which I loved. Yeah. Um, I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna put. I need to remember to say that again because it's important." I was like, "No, this isn't an enlightened. It's it's elevated discourse." And so, when we're having elevated discourse, it's very important to always remember that ordinary, plain people can have elevated discourse. Of course, that's what you we know? are, and that's, that's right. What we're and doing right here. Yeah, I don't. And you know, yeah. so I wonder. Uh, I remember, and the reason I say that is because when I back in my 20s, which seems like a long time ago. When this thing happens and things just shift, I remember coming home because it happened so quickly. I remember coming home and <laughs> telling my friends like something happened and I don't know how to explain it, but nothing's going to be the same. And it was just like every day trying to understand it. And it was changing so fast. The whole world, gets, it was like somebody just turned the whole world inside out, not wow. in a bad way, yeah, but a good way. Like flowers weren't flowers anymore. You know what I'm saying? The sunrise wasn't a sunrise anymore. The birds weren't birds. The sky was the sky. Everything was alive. Everything was alive. I was like, it felt like you said, like God was behind me in front. It's like St. Patrick's breastplate, you know, God before me, Christ before me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Mm -hmm. Christ all around me, Christ to my left, Christ to my right. He goes on and on and on in St. Patrick's (laughs) breastplate. I love it for that reason though, because when I read it, I'm like, the power of earth, the, you know, the lightning, the fire, the strength of this and the water. And I'm like, yeah, okay. This isn't an all encompass. It's almost druidic. Right. I think it even probably was born out of some of that, that Irish, you know, probably. Celtic mysticism. But, uh, I'm, I'm saying all that to mean like, that's what it kind of felt like. And so I remember cause I was so young and there was no precedent for it in my life. I didn't have a religion. I didn't have the Bible. I didn't have books. There was no language to describe it except mm. what I could muster out of my little 20 something year old mind. And so I think I was freaking people out. If that makes any sense. I mean, I'm oh, being yeah. truthful. I, that was, I was off putting to some people. I had a good close little group of friends that I think even still to this day, we can have those talks, you know, at 40 something years old, 45 years old, we're still talking, but very rarely about those things. But I don't think there were people in my life that I love dearly that I don't think they really understood the hot coal Mm-hmm. that I was carrying around. Like I was like, no, this thing is burning hot and I want to give it to you too. And I, but I can't, I can't describe it to you. Yeah. And, and so I was all, and I think I've been, the reason I say a hot coal is because I think it burned some people and they were like, that's hot. I don't want to touch that mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, that's always, that's a coal that doesn't go out. Right. And so every time you talk to Oren, it's a bit much. No, oh, that's funny. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And so I think I ran a lot of people off. And then eventually, I mean, you get the wheel turns. 
um, I get to phases in that, in that the last 25 years where I go, well, now I need I probably I, I'm I can't function out here because I'm burning everybody with this. Hmm. So I'll just dial it back. So I would turn I would I would I would turn the wheel mm-hmm. and go through like uh, cold seasons. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I was afraid. Right. I was afraid to well, open the box and let the heat of that coal kind of burn out. Because yeah. I know the student had like a coal. I start blowing on it. Yeah. It's the wind. And all of a sudden there's a fire and everybody's getting. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean burned in a bad way. Like you just want to set the world on fire and let everybody right. feel, get, get warm by it. You know, that makes me, uh, brings up the Bible. Uh, like the word, same word for spirit is the same word for for wind yeah hebrew and greek so when you said and you thought and you talked about this coal and this fire and it talks about the the anger of the lord which is really just it talks about it's not really wrath anger it's just anger this this power this energy this something burning this force right and so it brought up all that imagery within me just now just you you know the wind, the spirit blowing on what's inside of you. This coal, this fire inside of you, igniting it. And those embers that even when you dialed it back, there it is. Still, the wind is still blowing on it. Yeah, it's interesting. Now that we're talking about it, a memory has come back to me. I and I had went through another one of those times where I had dialed things back, and I can relate to that because maybe you can relate to this because it was during this time period of forming the branding business. You know, it was a lot of just survival, run and go, survive, run and go, be creative, do the job, survive, run and go. That would be my mantra for years and years. And, you know, so I had to dial back or at least I perceived that I had to dial back those elements of myself. Right. And so when the wheel spins again as it does and the seasons change i go back through that cycle of going okay why am i keeping this thing in a box why mm-hmm. i've done this why have i done this is it serving me well mm-hmm. is it serving my family well is it serving my community well is it am i really sharing whatever gift my life is, whatever value it has to anybody else, am I really sharing it through this vehicle that I've built? Mm -hmm. And so one morning I was walking, it was a cool morning. I had had a night, a fire in my fire pit the night before. So I went on a, a prayer walk you know that morning and before the sun came up try to get back to that 20 year old space and go i want to see the sun again i want to see the birds hear them sing again but i want to hear them the way i heard them back then Mm -hmm. you know at at, on day zero of that experience and i just started weeping man on my i guess i get closer to my house i started weeping i could feel my heart just cracking open and i I started thinking about that fire pit and I walked over to the fire pit and I started digging down in the bottom and I, I, I found this one little coal. I started blowing on it and putting uh-huh. little sticks on it. And then my wife came outside and I was just crying my eyes out and she was like, what's going on? You know? And I'm like, it's just, this is how it begins again. Yeah. You know, this is how it begins again. It's always been there. This coal is, is years can go by and I can think the fire is out. But somewhere deep at the bottom of the fire pit of my heart, there is always a little, that coal is always there. And all I have to do is allow just some air to blow on it. And one little piece of my life at a time, small stuff first, I can put that stuff back in. And then as I keep adding, I can throw full logs of my life back into this thing and have a blazing fire again. Yeah, I like that. And that's really where this was born out of was like, hey, this is that blazing fire. How much can I throw 
in now. Yeah. You know, and I just listen to you talk and I guess in a way I can feel the wind blowing across that coal, <laughs> you know, as you speak is it's so um, filled with spirit, man. Wow. That that's cool. That uh, thank you. It uh, Yeah, never I uh never would have thought I'd be talking about this, you know, a decade ago. I would have with headphones and a microphone yeah, when you were on the radio. Yeah. I used to thrive on chaos i was a reporter you know i did the news and so i looked for the most outrageous juicy sensation yeah yeah let's really get them fired up you know i would make sure i ticked off the republicans one day and the democrats the next and yeah you know that's all i wanted to do was just cause uh discord Mm. sowing discord lord of chaos i enjoyed this and seeing people respond right yeah I, i was doing i was giving meaning to stuff i know from personal experience as a reporter you can give meaning to things you can make any quote sound like anything you want it to sound like mm. so i don't i don't watch the news anymore it's all peppered with their own take on their own meaning that they want to give it so but here i am doing this every day at news giving meaning to this firing people up emotionally enraging them i was making people see think that we're different we're this group is better than that group today tomorrow it's the next group you know i just wanted i just wanted imbalance and you know you get more listeners you get people talking about the stories i couldn't care less about any of that now Mm. and so here i am going exactly the opposite of what i used to do teaching my kids instead of trying to enrage the public with these outrageous stories teaching my kids that none of that matters it doesn't matter who how many nukes which country has because none of that matters it's right here within us that's what matters yeah yeah i my i i think i worry about that with my children is that because i have the same kind of issue i have to i have to sometimes uh i feel like be the vanguard almost for those things and go yeah i get it that this is painful and sensational but um you know, you don't have to throw your hat into that right all the time. Like you can throw all well, those logs I was talking about. If you're gonna if you're gonna throw yourself into a fire and be a part of a bonfire, you gotta make sure you know whose fire that is. Ooh, that's good. You know what I, I mean? Like I mean, you might be throwing yourself into something that you really don't fully subscribe to, mm-hmm. but then once you're in it, you're 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 already blazing up and you're consumed by it. The news is so much like that. I I mean I've I've been victim of it. It's just like in my like a rudderless ship and going mm. I mean I've talked about this rarely on the show, but one of the things I used to use a lot and I it's funny how since I've started the show that um I don't read it near as often as I used to is a app called Flipboard, which is oh, a yeah. wonderful app. Uh-huh. But I would create these magazines in there to kind of create little containers <laughs> yeah. for my interests. And one time, one of them was uh, Worms. There were two. One was called Worm Sign, and the other one was War Machine. <laughs> and it was like I would, you know, as this algorithm works, it puts more information in front right. of you. Every time you, you, you spend time with it, it goes, oh, you like this content. Well, I would say, oh, you know, and I worry about things. I worry about war and violence, and I, I think those things are unjust and death and sure. suffering. But as I would read those things and save them to share people to make them aware and put them in these two little silos, 
the app is working behind the scenes going, yeah. oh, you like these things. And so it begins to begin to feed because that being my news source, it was feeding me more of what I was it was perceiving me as yeah. interested in. So there will be times where when I would read, it wasn't filled with things that were in, in, uh, healthy for my spirit or healthy for my heart or healthy for my human life. And I was like, man, OK, I got to I got to change this. This algorithm is emotionless. You know, it doesn't care about me. Hmm. It isn't going to it's not helping me. Right. You know, I have to literally manually tune these dials and put the things in front of me that. I want to be a part of. Um, and it doesn't mean I want to be blind, but I thought, well, this that's kind of what I was hoping for with this show is to be an element within the, that, that stream of information where there is an option. If you're not tuning into the, the algorithms that right. what it's feeding you, then you can actually choose to consume a whole meal of something good. And I'm happy. I know it. Do you ever hear a good song on the radio that just moves you? Maybe it stirs your heart, but then it starts to move your body too. Do people around you say things like, you've got rhythm, or where do you get your energy? Well, I've got a secret for you that might be your dance coming out, and the Whistle Stop Dance Sport might be just the job your dance is looking for. I know your first thought, but I don't have any dance experience. That's one of the good things about this opportunity. You don't need years of dance experience to do it. What Whistle Stop Dance Sport is searching for is a multi-dimensional talent. What does that mean? Okay, I'll tell you. You see, dance goes far beyond formal training, though that is a plus. Being able to dance means you can take life by the hand and let it put one arm around your waist and move to the rhythms that flow your way. To be a dance instructor at Whistle Stop Dance Sport, you'd need to have experience working with children, good rhythm, positive energy, and a personality for people. Dance Sport works to enrich children's lives by offering social, emotional, behavioral, and cognitive skills that naturally build confidence. Through dance, these children develop self-esteem, express themselves creatively, and strengthen critical thinking skills. Does the thought of affecting young lives in a positive way stimulate your mind, your heart? Do you want to do something that matters? Something that could really change the course of a young person's life? Then maybe that's why you heard about this dance instructor position with Whistle Stop Dance Sport. You can send your resume or letter to Whistle Stop Dance Sport. 1518 18th Street, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 70601. That's 1518 18th Street, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 70601. Training dates for this position start in July 2019. So if you feel you may be right, don't wait to send in your resume. If you'd like to hear more about this position, call Whistle Stop Dance Sport at 337-515-7577. That's 337-515-7577. And if you do call, do me a favor and let them know you heard about this on Find the Good News. That's why I love talking to people like you because it's uh, an opportunity to, to get the whole, as much of the, as much of you as they can, yeah. you know, in one good sit down and go, man, I would not have known. I mean, I wonder how many people f would fully know like how how hard it was for you in the space you were in yeah you know like really you know they think mike brignac wasn't he on fox yeah you know and then 
You know, why doesn't he do that anymore? They look you up and then they see your picture and they may not really ever know like what, what happened. Right. Like what, how things just shifted. Yeah, it was, you're right. And there's the me from a decade ago is completely different than the me from four years ago, which is completely different from the me now, you know, Mm. I was completely different while I was sick than what I was before I was sick. Yeah. And completely different now. It's yeah. it's it's weird to look back and see. Wow, man, I've really my state of mind, my the where the state I was in has com- really changed. You know, yeah, uh, from where I was to in the next step, in the next step. Um, I like what you're saying. I like what you're talking about the al- algorithm. Uh, it's kind of like what we're talking about. Uh, God is no respecter of persons. Well, the algorithm's no respecter of persons. Uh, yeah. You yeah. want you feed yourself this, yeah. we're going to feed you more. Yeah, of this. That's a good comparison. So I didn't even think of you that. You can yeah. look at it. That's how our thoughts, what we think on every day, the algorithm of uh, I don't like saying the universe, but people would get what I mean. The algorithm yeah. of the universe will f- will okay. That's the thoughts you want to dwell on. Well, that's what I'm going to give you more. More hate, hate, hate. Uh, racial injustice, more unfairness, uh, more low wages, you know, more federal assistance, lack of federal, whatever you dwell on, the algorithm's going to just keep on giving it to you, your own personal flipboards. Well, I mean, you know, jumping back to something you said way back at the beginning of this conversation, you, you, you brought up natural and then you said, you know, we call that supernatural and then you moved on to something else. But I remember now, since you just said that, that that's a thought that I've, I've had quite often. I don't even know that I like having two terms anymore. And right. I've thought about this for years that I don't know that I can make, I, I don't know if I can deem one thing natural and then another thing supernatural. All I can do, I, I told my wife this a while back in a conversation, I said, I think maybe everything's supernatural. If, if I had to pick one, I'd just right. say everything's supernatural because... Right. There are things that we understand to a degree, but then there are also infinite things that we don't understand, that we haven't learned, that we don't know about the structure and nature of the universe and time and all the forces that are in play. We know of some forces, but there may be even forces that we've yet to understand, the dimensions we're yet to fully comprehend. Right. So to, to say that there's that everything is supernatural, I find that's quite beautiful because it just leaves room for discovery, for, for there to be things that I don't understand. And that gets into what you're talking about, this algorithm, and that we do bring things into our life and things do form, I mean, which we can see through direct cause and effect. Just simple, I flick this domino, this falls into the next one, and there's a chain reaction. But then also, you know, you get into those... those um, those thoughts about consciousness and what is consciousness and what is what is me and my mind and in in my being all these different elements that make up me as a as something born out of this universe within the powers and forces that we do understand and then the ones we don't that i am still affected by what's happening Right. I mean, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is there's is there some thing that we just don't understand that we can't perceive a cause and effect beyond just I knock and it makes a sound. I think does something happen? Is there something connecting a force, a power that we're permeated by? I don't know. I mean, I'm getting into kind of Star Wars territory yeah. there, but I mean, I've just had those thoughts 
that it is pretty beautiful when you think about it and it's cool that we don't know and it's almost like it makes you want to laugh and dance a little bit yeah you know to go this is kind of awesome that i don't know and i'm just this thing that arose up i'm a i can jump up off the ground a blade of grass can't do that right you know it's it's firmly attached to the earth and you pluck it and it dies and i can jump away from the earth and still retain my life to some degree mm-hmm. and have have thoughts and think things and and be a part of this beautiful thing you know and affected in some kind of way that's pretty i don't know something beautiful it is me. beautiful yeah i like to look at it that um the universe is part of me mm. it's within me all of my experiences are within me god is within me heaven is within me so uh, having the universe within me is not that big of a leap because everything is within heaven god created everything god is in all and through all and nothing was made that wasn't made by god so and god is living inside of us so shouldn't all of creation be living inside of us too mm. Uh, so I, I, there is a connection. We without us, there would be no universe. You know, no, I, know yeah. that we're all part of this. It's this conscious creation. This whole, all of this. Uh, yeah, it's all within us. The way I, te- I tell my kids, and the, I like to contemplate, is that everything was within. And I'm not saying it's within. You know, this I don't know how seven and five eighths inch. You know, size hat hat size head within this physical form, but within me as a soul, as uh, as this aspect, this of Mike, you know, and it's within you too, because we're all one. This reminds me of this, something I heard a, a Hopi and an a Hopi Indian elder say one time and he was kind of chuckling and he was having a conversation with somebody else and they were having a similar talk to us, but he said, uh, he laughed and he said, we're all eyes in the same head. Ooh, I like that. Uh, and he, and he, and he kind of smoked his pipe afterwards. And I was like, <laughs> I like that. And that stuck with me. I mean, I was probably 25 years old when I heard that. And I was like, man, we're all eyes in the same head. And you know, and it's like, Jen, it's like, uh, we were somebody online was talking about this and i was like you know it really gets me thinking about that is there anything at all without something to see it and perceive it does it even is it even there right you know it's the old if a tree falls in the woods what sound does it make you know or what's the sound of one hand clapping and all those (laughs) zen things you know and it does it makes you really wonder and i mean this thing can be thrown away as a joke but if you really sit and think about that for a little while i think there's something pretty great to be discovered in that i mean is there anything at all if there's no thing to with all these senses that we have eyes ears tongue skin brain to see it feel it and then honestly to even contemplate it yeah begins to form and there's some it's like a an artist being able to look at its work Mm -hmm. you know without without something to perceive that it's just not there. Oh, yeah. Or what a right. beautiful thing a human being is in that regard. You know, not to set us above any other <laughs> life, but I mean, it, it's just something special about being to have ob- obtained human existence. That's something pretty amazing, man. And I think sometimes in this culture we live in, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I've, I've had a, a sadness that kind of rests on my heart a lot and it's like I, I do see that a lot of times we're almost like a culture of death you know hmm. that we we propagate more death and, and more decay 
Um, well, even like what happened to you. I mean, we prop, we, we push forward processes that man makes that really hurts life that are not pushing life. They're actually detriments to life. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, I get sad about those things. And when I see that kind of language in the culture, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm, where I'm going with that, but I, I look, sit across from someone like you who's been through that. I mean, you, you've been through that cycle, and you came out the other side with these just bright lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what's next for you? I mean, you, you're not in media anymore. I mean, what are you nah. doing with your life, man? I mean, what's going on? I mean, not, 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 that's that loaded question that people ask. Like, so what are you doing these days? Where are you working at? You know? And <laughs> usually the, the, my my reflex answer has been whatever I want. I like that. <laughs> uh, I really uh, enjoy my family. I enjoy spending time with my kids. I love cooking. I love doing all the things I used to not be able to do. Use a sharp knife. Mm. <laughs> cutting vegetables. But uh, my days are spent. I just, this is what I, this is really all I really want to do is talk about this and contemplate this and study this, what we've been talking about. Yeah. Uh, n- there's nothing else that compares to this, this, these experiences that for, that's in all of us, uh, and everybody will eventually experience this in one way or the other, uh, this turn of the circle or the other. We're here until we get this, and so I'm not, there, you know, wars and rumors of wars and destruction. Well, that the next turn of the circle is another turn of the circle. They'll. Everybody, we're all made in the image of God, and we all have forgotten who begot us, who bore us. And all of this is a process of remembering that. And once we do remember that, awaken to that, then we see some really fantastic. That mm. then we go on to the next. You know, maybe what that's what people envision as the heaven that we go to. It's a different level, but I don't think I think we're all here, uh, regardless of what year it is. We're here to remember who we really are yeah are you familiar with joseph campbell uh yeah 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 -hmm. Yeah. i mean he's a lot of what you're talking about i mean you'll see a lot of that in his works i I was also something else that just uh, reminds me of things you're saying that i've read before are like the hopi indian prophecies if you never went down that rabbit hole it's worth Mm-mm. looking at because it's you hear the word prophecy these days and it's yeah, like oh in time i'm out of here i'm out of here yeah it's, <laughs> you know but i mean if you look at theirs i mean the way they um it's framed and i think it can be terrifying for people that are are really just um propagating the end you know but pr- the hopi prophecies are more cyclical you know like the wheel ah, yeah. and so they talk about the first world the second world the third world the fourth world and so those worlds are times right but they're always passing, you know, right. and it's always something. And in those times, in these different worlds or cycles, um, it's it's an ebb and flow. You know, there is some destruction, but then things rise up and become something new. And then that world passes yeah. away. And then this next. And they're not talking about when I say world, not literally the destruction of the earth and like a whole new. But what they're talking about is just the cycles of life, you know, the yeah. cycles of things, the way they rise and fall. Civilizations rise and fall. Wars come and they go, and things are born from them, and you know, man goes on. And if you read enough of those, then you start to see that it, it's really a story of beauty. Yeah, and hope, it is beautiful. I think it is beautiful. You know, rising yeah. over those things. Man, this has been a good, 
conversation. Yeah, I could I could do this all day. I this really is, enjoy could, this. This is fun. I've been looking for, ever since you get, sent me the message asking me. Yeah. I was sitting at the dentist office at the orthodontist with my daughter, and I got the message. Oh, really? And I screenshotted it and sent it to <laughs> Kim, texted it to her. I was like, look at this. She's like, what? I'm ex- That's so, exciting, man. I, I, I always look forward to every guest, but I just, and I didn't know what we were going to talk about. I really didn't. I said, you know, uh, some people I've known, some people I haven't, but I just had a feeling you know i don't know what it was and i don't know where that comes from but it was just like a sense that we were gonna um connect in that way yeah you know and and i i did know that you had been through something i just didn't know right what you know and i'm I'm glad i didn't know yeah like right i don't i I used to like to plan it everything had to be scripted out you know what are the talking points what are we going to do but now it's just you know just let it go let it flow enjoy the ride and yeah. that's what kim asked me the other day she goes well what are y'all what are you talking about and i'm like i have no idea who knows and i did tell her i joked i said well, i have a feeling where the conversation is going to end up because <laughs> yeah. i can't help talking about it uh, so i knew at some point this was going to come up but i had no idea i just knew all i knew was that i was going to leave here no uh, having enjoyed it and I know I am. What I love about having people like you or just anybody who's been on this show is that I don't, we do end up in these kinds of territories a lot Mm -hmm. of times. And that might be my own, you know, my own interest and my own uh, inclinations to lead a conversation there. Uh, I love it when I don't have to, when I don't have to do that. It is with you, the door is just wide open (sighs) and you flowed right into that. So effortlessly it it plugged in so well, but what the thing that a lot of the guests don't get to see, um, I call you guys good newsies, by the way, I like that. That's the name. (laughs) Uh, so what are the, a lot of the good newsies don't get to see is the comments that come in, on social media, there are public comments. I know mm-hmm. some people are forthcoming, but I get a lot of messages through Facebook Messenger from people I've never met from, oh, wow. from episodes of these shows cool. because people go, hey, thanks for talking about this. I, I've, And they'll share their story, whatever it may be, a little piece of it. Um, and I don't know, there's something special about that because, you know, I've been involved with some different retreats and like prayer groups and things like that. And those have been good. But it was just like an itch, like almost like, hey, there's a, there's this peripheral out there in the world, right? There's this sort of outer ring in the solar system, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we think of like the Goldilocks zone where Earth is at, that's where we all kind of want to be, right? That's where life thrives. Right, right. You know, yeah. we get the right amount of, we're at the, just the right distance from the sun, you know, we make the right cycle for, for life to flourish here and for good things to happen. That's really a beautiful, incredible thing yeah. in my mind that this little dot can be put just pinpoint perfect for that to happen. But what about those outer planets, right, that don't support life? They're not getting enough sun. They don't have the right environment. What about are those? Are they just garbage? Are they just out there in the rings? You know, mm-hmm. does nobody care? I mean, we, we know they're there, but do we really you know, life ain't there. So, you know, but do we care? No, do we really care? I mean, and I guess in a way that was kind of what that itch was for me, man. It was like, yeah, people who are here in this close circle are getting that Goldilocks zone and that's good. Mm. They've made the choice to come inside this circle and be in this orbit with the sun, so to speak, and get mm-hmm. the right amount of light. But, but there's people all over that are in the outer rings, man, out there alone in the dark, cold, right. You know, just, having thoughts thinking things feeling ways Mm -hmm. and it's getting in their way 
you know they're not able to get that life they're not able to get that light so maybe we can put a voice out there do you know what i mean i do like um, something out there like, that would uh, be if i didn't mean to interrupt you but no no, no like the when there's times and i you know fantasize of killing myself and you know i imagined we had a chain hanging in our shed in the back of this heavy gauge chain that had been there since we bought the house and it frustrated me so much that i could not get physically i couldn't get to the chain because to of, wrap my head wrap it around my neck and these are you real know, thoughts i mean for people is, listening you, you this really, is really me this is what was really going on in my head i would i could and i'm and this is me you know i'm telling you the imagination creates reality what you think on I'm glad it never came to fruition with me because I would fantasize. You know, I would imagine the the feel of the chain in my hands and wrapping around my neck, and would I have to twist it how many times to choke myself so I would die? You know, uh, so I know I'm not the only one that's thinking that. That yeah, thought that you that, wanted to make sure. Yeah. And what and, could you do? Yeah. And maybe there's somebody listening that you know. There's a better way, and there there is hope. Because I've experienced it. When I thought I deserved death, and then I thought, screw it, screw everything, I just want it. I just want death. I didn't. And I found it's this whole new life, you know, it, this whole experience that, I, that would not have happened as it did had I committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just want to give hope to people that. And not just about suicide. I'm just that's just one point. Well, that's know, dark, darkness. Uh, but being in yeah, a dark there's, space, there's uh, we all go through those times of darkness. But we all eventually will come out of it. Mm. Come out of it now. That's just yeah. I just want everybody. You know, I just want everybody to come out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to experience the warmth of the sun on their face and enjoy the thunder and the lightning on those days too enjoy all of it because it's all beautiful we're all made in god's image and we all have god in us we're made in his image in the pattern inside of us uh paul says that follow the pattern of my words talking about jesus christ the the you know like a pattern a stamped image a seal of god of how how to believe and how to act not in any particular re, uh, religion but just to know that the the pattern this power and wisdom of God is within us. And as dark as it seems and how awful your life seems, you can change that like that in a moment. It can all change. Man, I don't think I have anything to add. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to just be silent. <laughs> that, that's beautiful. And I'm happy. I know it. This episode's Fishing for Goodies Fishbowl sponsor is Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. 
Yes, the rest of the world. On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl. So, on that note, <laughs> you know about the fishbowl. Yeah, uh, we are going to do it. Right? Yeah, we're going to do okay. it. You see it sitting there. Yeah. So, uh, you know how it works if you three, listen to the show. Full three. Three. And you know the difference between what's in there, like tactile feelings. Oh, no. There's okay. A... There's different things in there. And I, <sighs> I used to not tell people, but I do. I try to warn you so you okay. know what you're getting. The paper slips uh-huh. that feel like fortune cookies, yeah. those are user or listener submitted questions. Okay. Some people like those better. Um, and then there's these things called um, writing prompts and Edison cards. They're smaller right, like playing yeah. cards. And then there's okay. these big cards that are would you rather. So it's like a little game. Okay, is that a reading prop one or is that That's a, a would, would you rather? rather. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna pull the fortune cookie thing. All right, this one I'm not gonna just go for whatever. Yeah, huh? whatever. Not gonna feel. I'm just gonna touch. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Right. You got one of each. Oh, That's great. Excellent. That's great. Okay. All right. I'm gonna. This is a uh, listener mm-hmm. submitted question. Are you a pacifist? That's a good question. That yeah, is a good. Um, no, but I'm not. I'm not a pacifist. I'm not a, a, a warmonger. I'm not anti-war. Uh, this is gonna sound nerdy, or or maybe, but uh, I'm just I'm pro being. Okay. Uh, there is. Uh, when you re- when you start to realize that we're all one, then the need for war and battle it doesn't seem as, as apparent. Uh, and I'm not one that's going to go out and protest for peace because I'm not at war with anything within myself. I'm not warring, uh, protesting and fighting for peace is no different than fighting for <laughs> yeah, a I battle. Agree. It's just <laughs> right. you're you're still at war, and to be either one of these to label myself as a you know a pacifist or a warmonger or whatever is to say there's something outside of me that dictates that i uh, ascribe to it's all within mm-hmm. and if there's not a war within me then i'm not going to experience a war outside of me uh this is a hard question for me I, and i'd like to go further on this one if you got a second because oh, this, this one fascinates mm-hmm. me more than I, nobody's drawn that one before and get cuts to a lot of things that i hold in my heart too and i'd love to just go off into some scenarios do you feel like like i think of that word pacifist and i think someone can go just general general umbrella pacifist right. okay 
that means that in all circumstances, um, you would never, you would always turn the other cheek. And I wonder, I I think about this a lot. Like I always ask myself and and paint little scenarios in my mind just to think like, where are my lines at? Because I would say I take a first do no harm mentality for most things. But then I do sometimes encounter um, brackish territory, right? Uh right? Where I go, hmm, I don't really want to do harm. But at the same time, I'm being met with maybe, let's say it's a physical aggression or intrusion right. into on myself, my person, or someone that I love, or people I don't even know, but maybe they're being um, imposed upon in a violent way. Right. Then I go, am I still a pacifist if I rise up to put myself in their, in harm's way or defend them and, and have to use violence Oh, right. Yeah. In that regard. So I don't even know for me if that question is always about war necessarily, but it's more about those those gray circumstances where I go, look, as a general rule, I don't want to harm beings. But I mean, you can only go so far with that because I go drive my truck. I'm harming beings. Right. I mean, to some degree. Right. So you can get love bugs. You've killed so many love bugs. Yeah. You can go so far with that and, and you go, okay, that's tough to do. But. Um, I don't know. I do. This one scratches at me. I, yeah, I think I about it a lot. I wasn't a fan of the question. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's it's complex. Right. And I just picked the one aspect. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, I'm glad you brought it up because I have no problem defending my family. You know, I, yeah. there's not a moral question. We're here. You know, I've talked about it. We're all one and we're, we're still individualized aspects. You know, we're still different people on this earth Mm -hmm. it's not like it's i'm looking at myself every day you know i'm not uh so if somebody uh, i'm not a uh it's not abhorrent to me to for some physical force to be used in defense certainly of my family yeah uh and i will kill a bug i have no problem (laughs) and i don't mind eating meat you know, I'm not, you know, you could go with that for the pacifist yeah, route sure, to take sure. you down. No, don't kill, you know, apologize to the vegetables before you cut them. Uh-huh. You know, no, you're not like at the that. Bible says all of this is clean to y'all. You can eat anything, kill and eat. And so I enjoy, uh, the fruits of this earth, whether they be vegetable, mineral or animal. So I have no problem. I think that's uh, a good thing to talk about there. I mean, I, I kind of agree with that and I, you know, I'm look, I'm going to use the word center, whatever word people want to apply to this. I mean, I, uh, I tend to, there's a guy I used to watch on this show. I liked it. I used to love these outdoor survival shows. And there was one called dual survival. And I really went down a rabbit hole with this guy and I still like him today. He's not, the show's not out and he's not on it anymore. His name's Cody Lundin. I don't know if you're familiar uh-huh. with him. You should look him up. Interesting cat. But, um, he, he's the same thing. You know, he eats meat and he, he, um, and he hunts rabbits and all this kind of stuff. But the thing is, he, he his attitude about it is more, I guess he takes a sacred attitude about it. He doesn't say a prayer over everything he kills, but he he understands his place in, yeah. in, in, yeah, in the world, like right? He, he appreciates that he's gaining something for his sure. life out of this other creature. It's not like, how many of these, how many creatures can I kill and eat? You know, it's more right. just a... You know, I'm, I'm a part of this place. I'm a part of this uh, environment, so I want to have a light footprint. Mm-hmm. so to speak. And I always like that. I think that that would be my thing. I eat meat and I eat vegetables too, but I'd like to have a light footprint. I don't want to 
over consume in a poisonous way i guess i don't know if that's even in i think it's still in the realm of pacifism it's an interesting question it's a loaded question it is. <laughs> yeah because it's very broad i will yeah. say just as a general thing i the war in the form that it takes today um i i i, I would probably say i don't support most most warlike actions that are taking place on our our planet right now i can't i don't see many that aren't loaded or um, misrepresented you know right but uh just as a general rule i I don't i'm not the astronaut what country am i from yeah Uh, sometimes i can get in that zone a bit when i see wars in in foreign lands and i see us feeding um feeding our children to them i I don't know about Mm. that i'm not sure if i can I haven't ever heard what the just cause is that's made it worth it yet. Right. Yeah. Not in the modern, not in the last 50, 75 years. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the Nazis. But after that, you start to wonder. I don't know. Well, that seems to get blurry. Yeah. Is there a financial reason? Is it just pride, ego? That's, you know, we're better and we're going to prove it to you. Um, Or is there a financial, is somebody, you know, and I'm, I'm not stepping into that quagmire of conversation. You know, well, it, you but can it get from, ju- yeah. It, you can get to. I know people. Yeah, there's always profit. Somebody's going to profit. We pro- I mean, companies profited during World War II because of the production sure. here. And well, shoot, the oil industry, refineries, all of that came out after World War II. So I'm not saying that. It's just there's a lot of things, and maybe it's just because maybe I've just been subjected to many, you know, cool movies about corrupt government. You know, and you're like, oh, there's <laughs> know, something I going get on. It. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. Um, no, I know. I understand. I mean, I uh, I struggle with it too because I I watched in my life two times, you know, within the same person. Um, with my father, you know, who is a, who is a staunch marine. I mean, you know, just. He was very proud of being a Marine, which, as as he should be, accomplished something very hard, you know, to put himself yeah. to the test, and he came through. But And he also, um, you know, enlisted during Vietnam. He mm. wasn't drafted. He chose. I mean, he was wow. – He when he was in high school, that was his decision. He was like, I'm going to fight in Vietnam. And he made that choice. And for most of my youth, uh, I'd say at least until my in my 20s or 30s, early 30s his uh mantra was hurrah Mm. you know Mm -hmm. you know that red white and blue which he always loved this country but then something began to shift and i I don't know i just remember his sentiment starting to change as he got older which he's not with us anymore but his message was just one of what I and I guess everybody goes through this, Mike. Um, what I think I know isn't what I know. Oh yeah. And so he starts to go through that where it's like, well, I'm still proud that I was a Marine or am a Marine. That was the way Marines right. put it. They never stopped being right. Marines. Still proud to be a Marine. Still love this country. Still love the red, white, and blue. Still will stand up and defend. He always said this: "I'll defend your right to be free, even if I 100% disagree with what wow. you're doing." He always said that. I stuck with me when I was a kid. But he wasn't so sure about the wars, hmm. and I could tell. And it was things he would say. It's just his message just shifted, and I was like, "So even he, the dial turns, the season yeah. passed, you know." So I don't know. I mean, I, I uh, even even these boiled in the red, white, and blue warriors that get thrown into these battles i think even they sometimes wonder 
you know you, you see it happen like what are we doing right is what? this is this are we fighting for we say it all the time right i'm getting way freedom. off in the weeds no, here but, but we do we say we're there fighting for our freedom and i've had man I'm, this is unpopular what i'm saying right now i'm, I'm gonna let you say it yeah it's very <laughs> unpopular and look, I'd tell anybody who thinks what I'm saying is unpopular. I mean, look at my arm, man. I got an American yeah. flag on my arm. Okay. <laughs> I love this country too. I love the ideals of it. Mm-hmm. I don't always love what we've done. And I think, uh, yeah, when I hear they're fighting for our freedom, I, I want to question that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean that to belittle the soldier's sacrifice. That's oh, a, no. It's the saddest thing, and they deserve every honor because, honestly, uh, they've been thrown into situations that most of us would just run from. I would, I would not do it. Yeah. So I admire that that you, yeah. the courage it takes to. Oh yeah, and they deserve every honor and then some. You know, for every sacrifice and suffering they've made, and some of them that have lived and not died who also suffer. But to say, you know, that just going to war that they're automatically being sent to fight for our freedoms i don't i don't adhere to that right well I just, it's yeah i agree and it's but i admire their duty their oath to you know their dedication to the duty that they sworn to you know yeah. that, that regardless they're still going to obey the commander-in-chief you know it's still that integrity that the soldiers have that's what i admire and that courage because uh, it's not up to them that where they're sent yeah no right but right i mean it's some, not their some things yeah i've seen some uh, actions some uh, some operations <laughs> around the globe that don't seem to be directly protecting me right and not just protecting an interest a financial interest or, right uh, right and but i do i admire i had my bro- my grandfather fought he was an engineer built yeah. bridges little pontoon bridges ahead of the troops going through france and germany uh in world war Two. My brother-in-law uh, retired as a captain. He went to West Point. I got you know in the family, but I, I that I would never do it. I wouldn't enlist. That's just not something. And so I admire that courage, that strength of character to put themselves through. That my sister went through Army Reserve. My little sister, yeah, she went through boot camp. I would never. <laughs> you know, my dad was actually. I joined the army, and my dad was mad about it. Um, he told me something that I really I uh, adhere to, and maybe it's just because I have his voice echoing in my head. I don't know, but I do I, I do think about it quite a bit. He said, and I was like, why was he angry? And he told me, he said, I don't want you in the military. He said, that's why I did what I did. He said, I don't want you to have to go to war. I didn't go to war so my son could go to war. Oh, yeah. You know, he said, that's not why we, and I, that's an interest. I was just like, man, that's stuck. Wow. Like, I don't, you don't go, f- and I do, I wonder sometimes how many soldiers think that, or men like my father, do they all end up at this point like that, where it's like, I went and fought and suffered and did all this just so what, my children can go to the next war, and then my grandchildren can go do it too? It's, yeah. that's why I think sometimes when I think of World War Two, and you go, okay, we're going to stop the 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 nazi that was a clear enemy that was different yeah but but today is that what we're doing i think my dad was really upset by that just in those words i remember his tone it was like he was angry with me for not respecting his sacrifice Mm -hmm. as a soldier 
and I almost sometimes even think that might be why I take the view I take is like, well, am I respecting my father's sacrifice as a soldier by propagating war? Or am I actually respecting his sacrifice for him going to war, a miserable war, by saying enough? Yeah. So we don't – right. I get what he's saying. But we don't have to do that. Why does every generation have to do that? It's like we all have to have our own – Yeah. If nothing changes, what's the point? We're just sending kids off. You know, We're just going, going through these cycles. And I don't know. It's something – it kicks around in my brain. I, I don't hope people don't rake me over the coals for the things I've said. But That was all Oren talking. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me. I mean – and look, I'm not some – you know, again, I'm not walking around putting flowers in the barrels of guns and stuff like that. I, that's just stuff that I wonder. What's the term? Pinko commie? Yeah. Liberal? Yeah, boy. <laughs> whatever label, I'll take it. I'm somewhere out there. Yeah, I don't care about labels. I don't. <clears throat> so to answer the question, <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fishbowl, man. It is, uh, yeah, I've been as soon as I've been thinking about this. I told you about how well, the first time I saw, you know, I was listening to the, your podcast and how I imagined being here. Yeah, and I and so I've been imagining the fishbowl ever since. Every what do you time think I listen, about the fishbowl? Like now that you're looking it's at fancy. it, fancy. Yeah, I like your sticker. Lots I like your stickers. logo. You must have gone to a good branding guy to get that. Man, Such a I, cool logo, shoot, man. We try. <laughs> All right, this is the. Uh, I'm going to do this one first. Okay. This is from the, uh, the writing prompt Edison thing. Uh, things you'd make. Is that 10 things I'd make with it? Or just, well, okay. That just is, name a few. That is an, honestly the way that works, but we don't use it that okay, way. Okay. So just one question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What would I. If, if the 3D printer could print anything, I would print. Uh, oh, is that what it says? No, but I'm changing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, if you had a 3D printer to, to print anything you wanted, what would it be at this moment? So at this moment, right now, I would get, I would print the Moffat's translation of the uh, Holy Bible. Moffat's translation? Moffat's translation. I don't oh, what's have that? that? I don't know what that is. It's a different, it depends on, it. some people will tell you that it's he's heretical and blasphemous and his translation's not right, but others will tell you that it's... Uh, a truer translation. Yeah. I just, it's a translation I don't have, which uh, I want to read. Yeah. I have uh, a digital copy of a, like a synopsis. It's not the full Bible. Uh, for instance, his uh, in Habakkuk 2.11, I might be getting the first one. It says, the vision has an appointed hour. It will ripen, it will flower. If it be long, wait. That ripen and flower, that terminology, it sounds so beautiful. That comes from Moffat. Oh, okay. The uh, other translations were similar to it, but it didn't use ripen and flower. So it's little nuanced things yeah. that I just enjoy. I hear they, you. I'm, so. I'm a big fan of the Tao Te Ching, and so I have like four or five different translations, and I've enjoyed them all because... I, the one that I commit to my memory the most is by a man named Stephen Mitchell. He's he's translated several uh, holy books that I've enjoyed. And it's interesting because each translation, as I'm reading it, I can't help but have the uh, the poetry of yeah. Stephen Mitchell's uh, voice in there. Yeah. But, and sometimes I'll hit a stanza where I go, it just doesn't feel right. Something's not hitting my heart the way this Mitchell translation does. So I get what you mean. Yeah. There are people who would go, well, that's not accurate. And I go, well, you know what? I almost don't even know that I care anymore. I just I just want the one that that flows and plugs into my my being the best. I mean, well, once you if you realize that it's all within anyway, and it all begins within us, 
then it doesn't really matter what somebody else thinks is right or wrong. You know, mm -hmm. that that's why, uh, yeah, I enjoy, I, if you want to know like the Bible, all the translations, they use different words. And then a lot of them are so off base, you know, you look in the concordance, look up, you, I like Strong's concordance. It's yeah, so- Yeah, we have a copy of that. Look at the words, like the word potter, go down to the potter's house and you re, the potter didn't like the vessel, us, rework the vessel. If you look at it within yourself, you look at the definition of potter, and it means to determine, to fashion, imagination. And if you look at if you look at it that way as something an internal story, then we are the potter. Our imagination is the potter, and the vessel is what we are. We don't like what we are. We don't like where we are right now. I don't like being sick. I don't like being poor. I'm tired of my circumstances. I'm tired of being unhappy. Well, rework it in imagination like the potter does. Rework that. And what would that feel like if I am that person I want to be? Hmm. Oh, capture that mood. Capture that mood, and your mood will determine your circumstances. That mood, you, you assume it to be true. Whatever you believe, you've received it. So anyway, that's what. Wow, uh, man. That's why I like the concordance. I love so the three D printer. That, that's a good. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. <laughs> All right, it's so the last one. Uh, would you rather? Oh, would you rather have X ray vision, or oh. have super magnified hearing? Oh man. Well, I don't care to have X ray vision, but uh, sure is. S-H-I-T, you don't want to have super magnified hearing. Really? I don't want to hear what people are, you know? I, oh, man. I, it's, you give enough meaning to what the side mm. glances and the, you know, people say things. We already give meaning to stuff that we hear. Yeah. I don't want to have to be determined, you know, hearing other stuff, then whispering and like, then having that going on in my head and giving yeah. meaning to that. Whoa. Oh, and I was right. That glance didn't mean they don't like me. Yeah. You know? So no, I don't, I don't need that. So if I have to pick one, I'll pick x-ray vision, but then now I sound like a perf. Well, okay. He's looking at my panties. Outside of the pervy panty staring, <laughs> what do you, uh, what would you use your x-ray vision for since you have chosen this power? Oh, well, how, know, how could you put that to work in, I, in the framework of everything that we've talked about today? Like, okay. how would you utilize that in your mm -hmm. um, continued, like, you know, evolution? That is a good question. Would, that, could you put that to use in that regard? Because that's odd. That's an odd power for a contemplative. It is because it's totally physical. It's the physical world. Yeah. Uh, other than going to work, you know, making a, the line at the TSA check-in faster. Yeah. You mean, I could be like, come here. You're good. <laughs> You're good. Wait, hold on. Wait a second. Right. You know, uh, yeah, that's a good. Now, if I could turn that around and make it, yeah, you know, mystical, then I would x-ray vision Inside. internal. Yeah. Ooh. And just to, con to be able to cl more clearly see what would what you the go internal see? If you had that ability, so now your ability is not x-ray vision, it's intro vision. So you have mm -hmm. intro vision and you can actually go back. Mm -hmm. What about this? All right, so this is the power. Mm -hmm. you, you can only use it one time. Ooh. You can go inside your memories and you can actually pluck a memory out that maybe is obscure and kind of hazy for you and get to like get the full experience you'll be able to remember it all in perfect detail the sounds the sights the place the smell oh, okay. the picture so like what you but you only get to do it one time okay where do you go uh it would have been 1973 i think 74 maybe it's a big snow we had i'd have to talk to check the meteorological 
record, but there was a big snow we had here in Lake Charles, in southwest Louisiana, and I uh, lived on Center Street that day. I remember glimpses of it. I was three years old. I remember glimpses of it playing in snow, and I see photos. And I remember it because I see the photos, mm-hmm. uh, but I'd like to go back. I loved that little house on Center Street. Yeah. That If I had to pick one right off the top of my head, it would be that one. Play in the snow at 4128 Center Street in the backyard, in the front yard. I remember that morning, them opening the door, the front door, and then just seeing all this white. My first experience with snow. And big snow for us. It was probably just four or five inches at the most. But it was a, one of the biggest we've ever had here so that day. That yeah. Would be it. How old are you at that on that day? I'd have been maybe three. It should have been three. So you're about uh, what, fifty years old? Forty nine? Yeah, be forty nine this year. Okay. Yeah. Wow, man. That's interesting. So there's something just special about that for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Do when you remember things, are you a tactile do you have tactile memories where you can actually close your eyes and like put yourself in the space? Yeah, like, I feel, think so. Feel yeah. the temperature, smell the sounds. Yeah, I can. And I think everybody can to a degree. They mm. may not realize it. They think they can't, maybe because they can't picture it visually. Yeah. But I think we all have a, there's some sensory uh, vividness that we have that we yeah. may not, a smell, that we can smell it. A certain smell will bring the conjure up that memory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I can. Like uh, if I asked you to close your eyes and smell, like think of a campfire and the way it smells. Oh, can you can smell it. it in your memory? Yeah. Like, okay. I, I've used that. A, I use that a lot. The campfire. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You won't get to that. But uh in my uh, imaginings or prayer time, I've used so uh, I enjoy the crackle of a fire and the smell of the mm. campfire and the smell of snow. Yeah, uh, and and it's fun, interesting you brought that up because feeling is so important. It brings reality, brings something, makes a memory more real when we can feel it. I'm glad you brought. You know, you have a tactile memory of it, a smell or the touch or the hearing, the voice of a loved one, uh, and in the Old Testament, there's a story of uh, Esau and Jacob and Isaac needs to, Isaac is blind. Isaac wants to give his blessing to the oldest oh, yeah. son, Esau. Yeah. And if if you look at it as an internal thing, not historical, secular histor- history, but just as something internal, uh, you look at Esau as our outside world, what we see and experience, because it describes Esau as having hair and, you know, being like us. Jacob is smooth-skinned, and Jacob means supplanter or replaces, the one that replaces. So if you look at it all within prayer as an aspect of prayer or imagination, we do what Isaac did. We, we close ourselves off. We're blind to the outside world. We're blind to, East, to, the, to Esau, the physical world. And what do we want? We bring in Jacob and our imagination, whatever that desire is, whatever it is we want. And Jacob became real to Isaac by putting on the clothing of Esau, put, put on the, his clothes, mm-hmm. put on animal hair to seem real. He, what wasn't real became real to Isaac. Isaac was blind to the outside world, but he felt it. He felt Jacob as real as, as Esau. And he got the blessing. So, just an interesting way to you know, it's all about if you look at feeling, feeling it, feeling the uh, in in our imagination, the touch of it, the sound of it, the smell of it, and it makes it real. Whether it's a memory or something we want, mm-hmm. but you pull that in, 
and use your sensory vividness that you can conjure up in your imagination to make whatever it is real. What would it feel like to be, you know, a lot of people, you know, they think I want to be a millionaire. I want to win the lottery. Well, what would it feel like to just have plenty? You know, you're, you're not bill free. You know, you, I, people say I want to be debt free. Well, I pass people, you know, every day that are debt free, but they also don't have a home or a job. You know, they're, being afraid of debt isn't that. Uh, maybe think of it as being. I just want to be financially secure. Well, bills aren't a problem. Yeah, I got bills because I do things. I have fun. I enjoy life. So, what would that feel like? What would that, how can I imagine that? And in my imagination, let me contemplate that. What would it feel like? to be just financially secure. I'm not worried about the bills and we have plenty. My kids are fed and we do what we want. We have fun, life is fun. How does that feel? How would I see the world? How would I react to the world? How would my friends see me? All of this is like Isaac bringing in the reality, like Jacob being clothed in the reality of the wish fulfilled or the desire. I can't get over the fact that that the man sitting in front of me is saying life is fun hearing your story and i just keep thinking this is the same man and i think it's important i'm saying this for people listening uh-huh. not not for you maybe it is for you but just for people listening because we talked about those people in the outer the outer planets right. you know that you're saying life is fun and your face is bright and there's an animation uh-huh. to you and a joy on your face and this is the same man who told me that he was imagine using his imagination to think about how many times he needed to wrap the chain yeah. around his neck in the shed. Yeah. You know, that is where you were and this is where you are and you're filled with light and joy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just want to say that because it's, it's a hopeful story and it's a real story of a real man that, uh, and I don't mean this any slight is just as ordinary and as yep. plain as anybody else. You're, you're every man, you're everybody. Shorter than most, too. I'm five, six. So I just love that. I love that. And I love where this fishbowl went, man. Yeah. Right. You don't expect that. I think it seems like it's a, like a board game and it's going to be answer the question. What's my answer? And there's a right and a wrong. But you get in there and it's just it's a great, great way to crack into some new territory at the end. I did. I had a few. I'm like, OK, my favorite poet. Which one's my favorite poem? You know, some some things I knew, like, okay, kid, ask me this. I know that. That's easy. But, yeah. you know, it's not what you expect. I didn't get anything I planned for. I know. <laughs> I did. It's very rare that somebody draws something and uh, says, oh, no, I don't want this one. It's only happened once, but they ended up going back and answering it and doing a fourth question. So I'll just give you the three answers that I'd prepped. Yeah. Matthew Arnold, Green, and popcorn. So, so your favorite. So what are those? Matthew Arnold. Who's that? Favorite, the author of the, my favorite poem. Favorite Lines poem. written in Kensington Garden, uh, green. Actually, orange is my favorite color, but I like green too. Yeah, I know. And popcorn, favorite snack. So, oh, well, there you go. Those are easy, man. Yeah, that was. I'd planned for the easy stuff. Yeah, this, that, that seemed like that pacifist one really got us in a crack. Yeah, <laughs> we pulled ourselves out of it. Oh yeah, I ain't afraid of no crack. No, <laughs> shoot, man, you you've gotten in a crack and you came out the other side. What's the how's that? What's the spiritual way to oh every crack is just a valley through which we shall pass <laughs> did you make that up <laughs> you got to watch out on this show with what you say though because as people know 
sometimes you say things and that becomes the title of your episode. Oh, that's funny. So, you know, you don't want this one to be called The Crack. Brignac's Crack. Well, yeah. Did you <laughs> notice that with the episodes? Like that each one is yeah, called The Something? Well, and I've, uh, yeah, you know, it, it wasn't until the second time I listened to Adley mm. that I, I caught. You heard Windblown Yes. And I was like, that's it. You know, it hit me. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's where he got the name. So, yeah, this at the beginning, first sat down, one of my first thoughts when I, we cracked the mic to, today was, I wonder what he's going to say in the yeah. intro. What's he going to do? Oh, the intro. Gonna... Well, I'm glad that you, you know, it's interesting too, man. I love that. You're, you're, you're a listener, and I don't get to sit down with too many listeners. Oh, you just will a eventually. Few times, you have but... so many listeners coming in. They'll be crossing, intersecting. You know, your I guests. love that you have like opinions about things <laughs> that you've heard. You know, and that that the little details. Um, because on part partly you make a show like this because it's something you want to hear. It's like, hey, I would listen to this. Do I want to make something that I would listen to? So I want you know, and you don't always know if that other people are going to like that. You did. I wanted you did one for me. You know. Yeah. I wanted a podcast that was local and interesting, and there you go. There's well, and that's good to know. I'm glad to have had you come do this. I mean, and thanks so much for your time and, and just being really candid and open about the story. I mean, that you have to share. I'm. I hope everybody listens to this. I really do. I mean, I I think there's something in here for everybody. You know, and and one of the things I I uh, and I've talked about it a little bit. Is it something that makes me kind of sad in the world is when I see or hear someone who's been hurt maybe by their religion mm-hmm. that they were maybe either raised in or maybe their family that surrounds them? Because I don't necessarily think religion's a bad thing at all. I'm no, a, I love I, re- yeah. I love religion. I think mm-hmm. that it can be a really good thing. I've gotten a lot out of varieties of religions. But um, I do see sometimes out in our culture people who are hurt by religion, right? Um and they sort of get cannibalized and and what happens a lot of times is instead of seeking love and community and maybe exploring what the nature of god may be in their life they just go into a dark space right Mm -hmm. and go i'm an atheist now right the universe is a cold dead place um you know and and they and it's almost like an an angry rejection if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. and and i don't think badly of those people i want to preface that at all i don't have any thoughts about that but i do feel a sense of um sadness because sometimes i see it like destroy their awe and wonder at the possibility that there is this loving presence and bubble that is inside of them and it permeates everything Mm -hmm. and and, and so it creates almost like a a rebellion against that and a wall gets built up and it makes me sad sometimes and so your message today as i as i listened to you i thought man i would love so dearly and hope so greatly that those folks that are maybe in that dark space of just a cold in a cold universe Mm -hmm. hear hear a lot of what you say because it's so different than what I think um, people are used to hearing on the front end a lot of times. I don't know. Just just some thoughts I've had as like we that. talked. And the good news is that even that those in the in these dark places, that eventually everybody That's gets right. out of it. So it. Uh, yeah, I'm not. We're not bound to time. Mm. We're not bound to this life. This. Uh, there is no death. God is not a God of the dead. God's the God of the living. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is no, there's nothing for us to worry about. Uh, 
even if you're physically sick and you never get, you never see, your, your family never sees you physically healed here, I promise you, I know that once you pass from this section of time, you are healed. So you're, going, you're, you're healed whether in this lifetime or the next, you're healed, you have the healing and it, it, you can never not make it to the promised land, it's uh, very, you know, the uh, eternal promised land. We all, we all get there and we all go through every state of darkness, of loss, of rebellion. That's every one of us. We all go through it, and we're just indifferent. We, we, it seems different because we interpret everything on this timeline, this linear. We interpret it like that, but we're mm. looking at just a little section, and, and that's how these physical minds interpret it, and that's how we can, we, we couldn't. These physical minds can't even contemplate it. You yeah. know, can't even even if we saw it in vision or in dream to try to communicate that with these English words, it. You know, it uh, makes me uh, think of you've seen the movie Contact with Jodie oh, Foster. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they have the um, all this information that's coming through this signal. Yeah, and they're trying to interpret it, and they can't. And then finally, it was the the the, the physicist uh, in the show who came up with it that it was not. It was because we were looking at it linear, like flat. Yeah. It was a multi-dimensional thing with all these nodes. Oh, that's cool. I don't remember that part, but yeah, yeah and that's they were like, a, oh, it's dimensional. Well, like, that's what we I was picturing. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, it's like you look up in. I'm not into geometry that much, but if you think of a point, mm. a single point, but it's still part of a line, and that line is still part of an angle, and that angle is part of a plane, and. You yeah. know, and then it all goes. Then you, you know, you get into Tesseractville. You know, everything. Yeah. We just we see something. This little dot. This point. This physical life. But it's just this little point in this multi-dimensional, infinite, eternal, wonderful thing called God within all of us. <laughs> so how do people? I mean, this is a little different because you know, do you want people to contact you? Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah. I, I, Give me, give my my Your family face, a break. Yeah, I, I just enjoy talking about. So, if you this. want to talk to Mike Brignac, you can actually do that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, Mike. Uh, I had gotten rid of Mike Brignac on Facebook. You know, when yeah. I uh, was sick, and then when I this past year, I came up with a new. So it's just my name. It's but it's Mike W. Brignac. The W Mike is w. part Brignac. of the last name, just to make it different from you know the other one. But yeah, yeah I'm on Facebook, Mike W. Brignac. All right. I'll put a link in the uh, description. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. This is, I mean, you know, it's not like it's, I don't know. It's not the NBA championship. It's not like, you know, it's just, I enjoy talking about this. I could do, we could do this for another, you know, six hours. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to get you to come it. back for a mixtape. Cool. Have you listened to that one? No. Yet? Uh-uh. So you said you listened to Paul Gonsolin's yeah. episode, right? So I had Paul, uh, Rosie Pryor, and Elizabeth McDaniel. They all had separate episodes. And so what we did is a mixtape episode, and they all came back. Ooh. And so I got three guests and me to uh, have a, a new conversation together. I like that. So, yeah, I'm actually kicking one around right now. I've been trying to figure out who to put. I've been Actually, believe it or not, I had it figured out, but I've just been kind of meditating, waiting on that third person and uh you might be the guy hmm. so might cool. have to do the old if you'd be down with that i'm I down think with it any be... i love of course i'm no i'm not 
I certainly love the microphone. That hasn't gone away. <laughs> and, you know, my motives behind being on it are different. You know, yeah. I don't, but I love, I mean, this is like I did the reunion show on KBIYS with a, Heather and Gary a few yeah. weeks ago. Just being back on the microphone, I've, I've forgotten how much I love the interaction with people. Yeah. Uh, and I love that I really, a while, uh, I prayed about a place where I could have an opportunity to enjoy the microphone and be able to share this, what we've talked about. And you've you've done that. So you thank should, you. You know Arne. what you should do? I tell everybody this, that I, I really, if I believe it, I'm going to say it. You should put out your own show. You should put out your mm. own show. I'm serious. I've said that, talked about that with Adley. I've said it with a few people. I want. I would love to see a, a really strong, healthy podcast community in our area. I think we have the people with lots of diverse ideas. With um, and having conversations are great ways to get into new territory. And and honestly, I, I think podcasting um, puts some pressure on the the folks who do have the power in the higher echelons of control in our sure. society to do the things that people are talking about. Well, when nobody talks about it, That's they right. just get a, people get away. You know, just the things just keep on going on. Right. Uh, and we've seen that in government in my city and your city. You mm-hmm. know, when the 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 same old thing keeps going and nobody says anything about it, then it's just going to keep on perpetuating itself. And then, you know, yeah. well, why don't we have anything to do in Southwest Louisiana? You know, and then things sure. start to change. That's Tom's right. changed that. Got a beautiful, the museum. And yeah. The, so all these wonderful How things How many happen. people are going to mention Tom Drahan on this show? I have to. I'm contractually Man. obligated to since he Tom, recommended me. <laughs> Tom was the most elusive guest. He was so busy. He had so much going on. I've got him in here and he comes up every not every episode but he comes up a lot people talk they use him as a reference point as a model of good things as a model of a good citizen as a, i'm like man and i'm friends with this guy and i'm like tom trahan again tom trahan he's a great guy and he, he, he invited me to be part of this art uh show oh the in september uh, yeah uh Chaos theory. The, it's the, art, it? the power. What's it? The uh, for the love of. Oh blank. yeah. He talked to me about different that. people. That uh, as he said, what do you say? Quote unquote celebrities. <laughs> like I know you're not a celebrity, Mike, but we're gonna you know the people that are known. And I, I don't think of myself as a celebrity, but it was just neat to be thought of because he. I hadn't talked to Tom really since my days in radio when I yeah. did stuff with him. So it's cool now. Uh, I haven't painted a photo, uh, p- painted a painting, a piece of art since uh, 1983. Oh wow! I do still have those that art. I might just submit that. No, I'm kidding. I won't. But uh, I committed to this, and so between now and September, I'm going to have a piece of art uh, to submit to this uh, wonderful art show. Huh? That's so, awesome. So yeah, that's my. I, I just love Tom. He's a great guy. He I don't really see is. him very often, but. Uh, He's why I'm here. He recommended me to you. He did. I wasn't even going to tell you who it was. And then I, I, Tom did. And he said, Tom did. I was like, oh, okay. Because a lot of times, I mean, I don't tell people. And sometimes, I'm trying to think if I've ever told anybody. And I didn't know. They might be talking amongst themselves and go, hey, I recommended you for this show. Yeah, and I didn't need to know. I didn't bother. I didn't need to. <laughs> it didn't matter to me if somebody recommended or who recommended. It just, but yeah, it was, it's cool knowing it was Tom, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And anyway. It's this has been a lot of fun, and this has been like I said when I was listening at Taco Bell uh, in the parking lot, listening to you and Paul talk. Yeah, I thought uh, I went in imagination for that moment. It's like, wouldn't that be what would it feel like? Wouldn't that be cool if I could be on his show? Yeah, well, and then 
here we are. Yeah, we're going to do it again, too. I, I think it's going to happen. You know, I, the sky's the limit with this. I mean, it's our own format. We can do what we want with it. I mean, as I showed you, we got some yeah. new things kind of popping out. And I'm just going to keep playing with it and pushing the medium. I mean, you know, I, there are some other podcasts in the market. I just, uh, I'd like to see more. I really would, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually producing a couple of them, too. So we wanted to kind of set ourselves up. I thought, well, maybe that can be our... Um, you know, our little gift, oh, you know, yeah. to help some other people, even if they mm-hmm. just start out doing it here, um, we can help them get kickstarted to get their show on the air and then they that, can take off. That's a good idea. Roll with it, you know, yeah. see it or test it, you know, put the work in, test it, see if they like it, if it's something they're going to do. Yeah. Before you invest in yeah, quality buying, microphones. Exactly. Uh, it's, yeah. Come bring a few people, get you some guests lined up. And, and and come in here and sit down and have a conversation. I mean, it's not a bad space. I think it's comfortable enough for. Oh, this is great! It's guests, been great. You know? I, I don't even know how long. I have no idea uh, how long we've been here. Two hours and thirty five no minutes. Yeah, it flew by. Flies by, man. Everybody says that. You know, I've talked about this a few times. Um, I've heard some folks say, "Well, the show's kind of long. I don't ever finish it." And then some say, "Well, I, I, it's." Uh, Maybe if maybe he broke it in and a launch, you know, half an episode one week and the other half another week. And I thought, you know, that's not how I listen to podcasts. I typically like a longer show mm-hmm. and then I listen to it over like a whole week or so. Right. That's, I just, that's what I like. I don't want. Yeah, I would not. I'm not a fan of incremental release. Uh, just give me the whole thing. Yeah, I can I choose listen, when I want. Yeah, because I'll listen like with Adley and Paul. I just as I'm in the car, I'll yeah. turn it on, put it on the speakers, and listen. If I'm home, then I'll play it on the Bluetooth it to a speaker, and I'll listen. Maybe sometimes yeah. one day I got a whole hour in in one shot, but I don't want to. I like to dictate the time, so I like the way you do it. Yeah, it's well, up good. to me to Thank listen. You. you know, because we all are, the technology on our podcast players will bring you right back to where you it's, left that's off. That's right. So it's not like you have to start over and, you know, rewind the tape and you that's know, right. find the spot. Oh, exactly. That would be a miserable experience. <laughs> My mom actually yesterday was uh, recommending a book to me and she was like, I'm, I'm, I just finished it. I was sad that it was over. And I thought, oh, you yeah. know, I kind of feel like that sometimes with podcasts, too. When I'm really listening to a good conversation, yeah. I'm like, man, I can tell they're wrapping it up. And I don't I don't want it to end because I just kind of want to stay with those people. Badly did that. I could tell he you could hear in his voice the tone. He did the questions, the, the fishbowl. I was like, oh, it's getting close. But then he kept talking. But I could hear the tone, his tone. And then he said, well, we're going to have to be. I'm Sooner like, or no, later. No, don't leave. <laughs> and you know, the, you did something that I wish every guest would do with Adley's episode, or every listener. I said guest. Um, you actually went to Ten Pin Alley, and then you said, "Oh, well, that's so well, I came here because I heard about yeah. it on this thing." I'm like, "Wow, that's actually what you hoped for." It's like a little bit of. I had never. I mean, I knew when I was a reporter in the Downtown Development Associate or Authority, whatever they, whatever they're they're called. I remember them having a little blurb, a little story. Uh, that they had mentioned that they were redoing, fixing that up, this little alleyway. And I remember actually seeing Mayor Roach, Randy Roach, walk there from City Hall to 1911 City Hall. Yeah. But I I don't ever remember being called Ten Pin Alley. I didn't know the story of it. And then here in Avenue, I was like, we're going. We're going because we were going to go that night. Uh, Friday night, we we're going to go during downtown at sundown. It's like right there. We listened yeah. to the music and then it stormed like crazy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So the next morning, Gary Shannon, good friend of mine, was playing at Stellar Beans. Yeah, I remember them promoting so, that. So I was like, Kim, let's go see Gary. And then we were leaving. It's like, stop right there. We're going down Ten Pin Alley. Yeah. And it's a beautiful little piece. And yeah. There's, it's, 
I've actually thought about drawing or painting that as my work because well, it just sets cool. a neat. Um, but there's a lot from conception to actual talent. <laughs> <laughs> We could I could submit a piece that says conceived by, uh, yeah, but right, produced right. by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I agree. I mean, I I love seeking things out that I either read about or hear about. Now I can I'm guilty of having too many interests hmm. because I'm I'm like that with reading now. I used to not be when I was younger. When I was young, I think it's because I had more time. When I was younger and pre pre children and 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 branding and all that, yeah. I I could read a book a week oh, yeah. you know and so my interest was peaked i'd read it i'd consume it and i was like okay well now i heard about this i want to move on to the next mm. thing now because my it takes me longer i'm not a slower reader i just have more right, things yeah. in the way of that i i'll get on a subject and i go ooh, now i like this subject they're talking about right here all right and since there's a pause in the my next time to go back to that book and something like it disrupts that circuit, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll go, well, that last chapter, he kept talking about black elk in this book. Well, okay, and I'll go look that book up. And then I start reading that half of that book. And then there's a pause. And then black elk was talking about Lakota Catholicism. Well, I'm interested in that. Well, let me go see if there's a book, you know? And then, <laughs> yep. so I've got like right now, <laughs> I'm reading like five books. And I'm, not making, I'm shaking my head like I'm exhausted from it. I'm not. I just kind of feel like I need to start tempering that a little bit i gotta i gotta get back to where even though it takes longer just staying on that one book and finishing it out you know well if you want to if i, mean, I, I if feel you, like you i want, want to, do, to. Yeah. I, yeah i just feel like what's happening is i'm creating like a a graveyard of uneaten books oh, <laughs> uneaten right. half-finished meals because my bookshelf is just, just my wife would attest to this it's ridiculous i mean we've got books stacked Oh, it's that, starting to yeah. look kind of nuts. I mean, there's like books sitting on the ottoman, and then with book, and there's bookmarkers in all of them. Like, yeah, we, do you know what I mean? There's oh, books yeah. sitting at the bathtub. There's books sitting by the toilet. There's books in the bookshelf stacked all over each other. And then sometimes I try to go in there and organize them. I'll go, well, let me make a system for myself, oh, and I'll yeah. go, which ones am I going to read next? And then I'll make me a little. <laughs> 20 books of unread books that I'm going to read next or finish. But then I go, well, I need to put the finished ones in the front because I've already started. Well, which ones am I more like, you know? Right, yeah. And I then yeah. before long, I've got four more books that I've, you know. I've done that. I've tried to, and then you get, <laughs> you see one thing that's like, oh, wait, I forgot I had that. Let yeah. me, and that, then I'm on a whole other, you know, down another rabbit hole, totally forgotten the mess that I'd started with the books, you know? Yeah. I've had to commit to. I swore against digital books. Yeah, I don't like reading them. Person, uh, I've tried. I just they don't. They don't. They don't but do it for only me. because of the sheer volume of the books that I have. I've, there's no way I had to switch to digital just to make it uh, easier to store them. Uh, yeah, I do like that I can highlight them and make digital notes. You know. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I like mm -hmm. that. But even when I'm, I'm still everything I read. Uh, I have a notebook. I go through a lot of excuse me, a lot of notebooks. And mm, you write I'm, notes of what you've yeah. Yeah, I'm, I can't read unless I have a pen in my hand. No, I get uh, that. Yeah, because you're, you're you're exploring too. You're not just reading. You're kind of looking for nuggets. Yeah, to some degree. Yeah, and it just and it's yeah. I just know it's a different. It's not like it's uh. I, in the morning I get up and it's just a wonder of like ah. Oh, Oh, what, what's going to happen? What am I going to discover today? What's this? A lot of times it'll be right after the dream. I'll wake up. 
what did this mean? Mm. What did this, what's, and so I'll look that up. Uh, and it's fun. I enjoy, you know, looking through the Bible. Just, it's easy to find, you know, just search it, the yeah. particular word or symbol, uh, or look in uh, Bailey's Lost Language of Symbolism. And just, um, and not that symbol, like, there's nothing that's outside of us that said these symbols mean this. But because I use that, because of who I am, and I, that's how I like to decipher what I'm trying to tell myself inside. I, you, you know, because of the tools I like to use, that's how I present the symbols to myself. Sure. You know, if I were living in a different country, uh, under or had been brought up in a different religion and had no concept of the Bible, then I'd be conjuring up. I'd be the God within me. I'd be teaching myself to some other way. You yeah. know. So it's just the way I easily can determine. You get what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's no, the tools no, I use, totally. so that's the way I present it to myself. But I enjoy it. I love doing it. And I'll get, I'll be reading a book. Usually it's about this, what we've been talking about, and then, uh, or reading scripture. And then I'll, I'll find a verse, like, well, what does that mean? Uh, yeah. And then I'll, I hit the, this is the rabbit hole for me the, on my digital concordance is find all occurrences. <laughs> yes. And then I'm like, oh my God, I got to find out what, what were they saying there? What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that yeah. mean? And then I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm way off. So I have to have like, <laughs> here's this note page of this topic. Okay, but this is not the same. What I'm finding out now is not that. So I have to find a, a blank page, sort of new heading. This is about this. So I've got all these different startups on my notebook, all my notebooks. Well, like this is this, this is that. I hear you. And I'll tell you a rabbit hole. And I know we, we could do a whole nother show about this one. The, uh, is when I started cracking into Hebrew Ooh. and the symbols and then you know the order of the words and what does each symbol mean and mm -hmm. does it make what does it say there were things that just be, even just the first part of genesis the first sentence in genesis the first mm -hmm. word there's a whole world that just cracks open yeah and so yeah that kind of you get into the those types of things i love that though you just keep scratching the paint off you start getting into some territory that blows your mind about stuff yeah what we know out here and what or what we've kind of been fed i guess is the way i'll put it like what's available if you're just grazing mm -hmm. is so different than what happens when you stay in, on a thing and like really start getting into it i mean you can just find whole universes inside of because you're that goes back to you what you mentioned earlier about the tree in the forest and the you know it's because you and I think quantum physicists will talk about this too. That it's what you're you're aware of. You're what you're put, putting your awareness on. Your consciousness. You're conscious that you know there's something there, and you're conscious of it, and you're focused on it. And it so it becomes more and more aware to you because mm. you're paying attention to it. Mm. But you could easily just keep going and just hear, you know, something on a Sunday or a message on a Saturday, you know, whatever, and just be fine with your little with the little life that we have. But you put your awareness, your attention on something like, wait, there's something there's something there. This isn't a necessarily a history of everything. This is what the ancients wrote to tell us how all of this works. There's a code here. And these words may not ever be spoken because maybe they were just a written language as codes to as symbols to teach us how all of this operates and not necessarily something that we need to create, you know, a whole religion and a place around this is something meant as a code book as, as a spiritual history book a guidebook that tells us to go within it starts within and ends within because we're all the same we all have god inside of us 
all God. A friend of mine, Mr. 2020, who lives in Australia, likes to say, we're God having the adventure of a lifetime. Mm. And that's, you know, so yeah, life is fun. That's a good place to stop. Life is fun. I love this. He's smiling. Life is fun. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Warren. What a great day. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I love you just as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Find the Good News. If you would like to advertise on this show or sponsor an episode, just visit findthegood.news. Send me a message and we'll see about getting your business, organization, service, product, or event on the show. I deeply thank each of you again for supporting this podcast.